Diamond Club Baseball has produced elite athletes for 10 years now and is even trusted by your Colorado Rockies to run their scout team program. Diamond Club is based right here in Denver, and their goal is to treat player development just like it's a minor league organization so that your child can be set up for the ultimate success. Everyone works together to make sure that everyone's getting the proper instruction that they need to help youth athletes grow and to become great ball players yet enjoy the game. That's why I have my son playing with Diamond Club because it's it's a great way to really show them they're, they're learning baseball the right way. That was Sean. As he mentioned, his son plays on a Diamond Club team. They offer multiple summer camps, private lessons, high school teams, and youth competitive teams. Plus, their prices are more affordable than their competition. Diamond Club has very fair price. You know, when you kind of pay and know that all fees for the tournaments, fields, uniforms, and instruction are taken care of, as well as getting access to some of the things that other programs don't offer, like entire team instruction and fitness programs, you know, the whole package to really make sure that a ball player ends up a well-rounded youth athlete. Believe us when we tell you that after experiencing the knowledge, positive attitude, work ethic, and fun that their summer camps provide, your child will want to play on one of their teams. Check out diamondclubbaseball.net today to learn more. Welcome into the BSN Broncos podcast presented by Davidson's <laughs> Beer, Wine, and Spirits. You didn't see that coming, did you? you caught you off guard. <laughs> We're always shaking it up. Yeah, shaking it up. Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits. Make sure you check them out. They've got beer. They've got wine. They've got spirits. <laughs> and Ryan, speaking of shaking it up, you'll never believe what I did. I did my homework last night. Oh, did you? You I watched Old Greg. Nope. That that was not your homework then. The timely homework assignment. You watched The Bachelorette. I did. I did. I caught the two-hour season finale just so that, you know, we could have a timely conversation. And I feel like I watched the whole season after watching last night. And let me tell you, man, that show has some great writers. It's all real. (laughs) Top to bottom, everything is real. (laughs) Don't you take this away from me. I mean, how many twists and turns were there? As many as there would be in normal life. The first, the first twist started with her ankle twisting as she was walking. As she escaped the car. You know what was weird about that is she asked to stop the car at the bottom of the hill, <laughs> and then they drove the car up to the top of the hill and let her out. I was like, "What are they doing?" Because I had already seen the promo that she slipped. I'm like, "Why didn't they let her out at the bottom of the hill?" So now she's walking down a very steep grade. You know why? Good writers. They wanted her to fall. Good writers. They're like, oh, there's some gravel right at that corner. And then she's like, oh, I'm not, I'm not okay. I'm hurting. She shows her arm. There's like nothing wrong with it. She had a scrape. There, there was no blood. It's okay. <laughs> Don't you be telling me that Alabama Hannah isn't tough. She's been through a lot, all right? Yeah. She, tell me about it. Last few months seemed pretty, 
pretty real. Yeah, we all knew. That's the thing is like, I don't know if you knew what was going to happen. I guess you had heard me say that Jed was a bag, so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you knew. But it was it was you could see it coming all, from a mile away. She didn't know that that's who he was. <sighs> and he just he looks like he looks like a sleaze ball, especially coming out in a three-piece suit at the end to talk to her. His hair uh, why did he let his hair grow uh, out? It looked terrible. It looked really bad. Looked homely. Yeah, yeah. So, or, or homeless. Uh, speaking of, I'm getting a haircut today. Shout out, Fade American Barbershop, greatest place in the world. Like nothing makes me get ready for a, a uh, BSN road trip quite like a trip to Fade. Speaking of your haircut, I swore you were walking in my neighborhood this morning. I, I it That's was weird. It, it that would was be you. creepy if it was. <laughs> it was your haircut. It was, he had the same glasses on. He was wearing uh, the same shirt you were wearing yesterday, or very similar, at least. Or maybe maybe it was on Monday. The the gray button-down short sleeve with, like, the accent colors in it. Okay, yep. Uh, shorts, just like you were wearing. Didn't, didn't recognize the shoes. But then what got me was he had the exact same uh, brown suitcase that you do. Or, or uh, briefcase. Briefcase that you do. And then in his other hand, he had a gray other bag, and it wasn't the pod board, but it was very similar. Wow, that's I mean, it was you. <laughs> it was you. I have an imposter, I guess. <laughs> Anyways, uh, there was a little happy ending there at the end when mm. her and uh, her and Tyler C planned a little date. Do you think it happened right after the show? Maybe. Why would you not go out for a drink in L.A. when you're both dressed to the tens? I felt like she was going home with Peter the night before. <laughs> Real quick, and this will be the end. If you were in his position, Tyler sees, would you give her a chance? Or would you be too... This was a big conversation at the Bachelorette finale party I went to <laughs> last night. By the way, shout out to Weinster for hooking it up with the wine. Uh, would... Would you give her another chance, or would you be too upset about being second place? Well, you see, Ryan, the writers did a great job scripting how they broke up because typically there, there's something said. You know, there's a, a she says to him, you know, I just I had more feelings for the other guy. Uh, you we, we just didn't have that final connection. You know, something where you can't get over it if you try to get back together. But no, with her it was, I'm, I'm falling in love with you. I'm just in love with someone else. And then he was like, he took it great as they walked up the hill, as, as, as he got in the car. He never said anything bad. You know, sometimes it's like, you know what? I didn't want to be with her anyway. You know, you get that in when they're crying in the car. There was nothing. There was nothing. So, yeah, I think so. I think you do give it a chance. But I'm talking about you uh, in real life. Mm. <sighs> Why not? Why yeah. not? You know, first of all, I would have never handled it as well as he did. Yeah. I think the second that they she said, I'm in love with someone else, I would have just been like, all right, and walked away. Right. That's what that's what I'm saying. And That happens like in, in the other seasons. She's like, can I walk you out? I'd be like, no. <laughs> uh, but anyways, I think so. I, like, as long as she hurt him by not choosing him, but she didn't do anything bad to him. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yep. So I think I think they give it a shot. But don't be surprised <laughs> if there's another twist coming, Zach. Ooh, like what? I could see her ending up with Peter. Mm. And you wouldn't know about that because you didn't I, tune I into the video. I only did my, my one-night homework. All right, anyways. <laughs> the Broncos had a practice yesterday, and it was boring. 
It was boring. That's yeah. the end of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it was the first time in, what, eight practices that the Broncos finally took off the pads, which I was kind of a little surprised about. Uh, but Vic Fangio really wanted this to be a, a prep for the game type practice. So Joe Flacco had two series with the ones, then the rest. It was Kevin Hogan, Drew Locke, really alternating with the ones a little bit and then with the twos. Yeah, and for the first time they did some scout team stuff just to give um, the offense and defense a look. Um, and it was interesting hearing Drew Locke talk about it. He said he's never run scout team in his life. That's just the kind of guy that Drew Locke is. I was just going to say, you know you're a baller <laughs> when you're saying that. Yeah, I mean, he only sat for, I think, three or four games his freshman season. And, and in college you have so many quarterbacks that the second string quarterback isn't running the scout team anyway. Uh, so he had never done scout team in his life. And it's pretty interesting because I guess I had just never thought of it this way. Not only do they tell you what play to run, they tell you who to throw to. Yeah. So he's got a highlighted route. They show him the card. They say, this is what the play looks like. Throw this route. And he threw a pass that was intercepted by Chris Harris Jr. And at the time you think, okay, another pick for, for Drew with hindsight being 2020, that was not an interception. Like, the only thing he could have done is not throw the ball, and then he would just be doing a disservice to the defense. Yeah, and Drew, we talked to him after practice, and he actually did a fantastic job of not making any excuses for that while giving us the information we needed to say, okay, that, that was literally 0% Drew's fault. But he said, I'm pissed anytime I throw an interception because someone asked him, you know, do you have the philosophy of go out there, try everything? If you make mistakes, it doesn't matter as long as it doesn't happen twice. He said, no, I, I absolutely hate making mistakes. And that that's why tomorrow night in the game, you're not going to see Drew go out there and just be tossing the ball around, trying things. No, he's going to try to win the freaking game and, and make good decisions as as you would want your quarterback to, to do. Yeah, and I loved hearing that he was still mad. Uh, even though it was Chris Harris Jr. and it was scout team and he was forced to throw their out. Like, he still didn't like that. Uh, and that's that's nice to see from Drew. Other stuff that we saw out there, Emmanuel Sanders participated briefly again in 11-on-11. That's nice for, for him to have. Um, I, I'm looking forward to when he's fully integrated in a practice just to see how much that affects the offense. Right now we're seeing, yeah, he's getting targeted on the few plays that he's in there. But – I want to see what the offense looks like with Emmanuel Sanders for a full practice. I think it's going to be the Emmanuel Sanders show. And I'm not going out on a stretch to say that, but I think right when he's in, it's just going to be Emmanuel all the time, all the time. And then that's really going to alleviate uh, the drops by other people. And it's going to take the stress off a lot of people, but mainly Cortland Sutton. Because you've seen he's come out, and some days he's felt relaxed, and some days he's been great. Other days he he's been off, and it's not like it's not like the offense where the offense started slow and now they're picking it up. It, Cortland's had good days, bad days, good days, bad days, good days, bad days. I think Emmanuel is going to help him so so much. And Ryan, I did the observations yesterday, and, and since it was a down practice in terms of big time news. I kind of took a step back and looked at two main things that have been going on. Uh, so you'll make want to make sure that you go in and check that article out because uh, I think it sheds some light on on how this offense is developing. And I think probably the most notable thing that came from yesterday was after when we talked to Vic Fangio and he was asked on if there's a competition at left tackle. 
And he said, right now, Garrett's the starter. He's the incumbent. Somebody's got to knock him out, kind of like a heavyweight championship. He's had a great camp. If we were to play today against Oakland, he would be the starter, hands down. Unanimous decision. But what do we say? Anytime someone says right now, leaves the door open. Uh, I thought he was closing the door, to be honest. Really? Yeah. I mean, I, as a coach, I think he's the type of guy who's just not planning on awarding any spot. Like, maybe Joe Flacco. If he asks, like, is Joe Flacco the starter week one, he'd probably say yes. But that might be the end of the list, and, and you probably throw in Von Miller and Bradley Chubb and Chris Harris Jr. Like, anyone who's not a star or a pro bowler or just the starting quarterback, uh, I think you'd be saying, right now they're the starter. You know, there's still plenty of opportunities for guys to go get him. But he basically said, like, sure, someone could knock him off. It's just going to be really hard because he's having a really good camp and he's dominating, you know, the, the quote-unquote competition right now. I took it as there's, there's four weeks – for something to happen. I guess in five preseason games. I guess really four preseason games. Um, yeah, four because Garrett is going to play tomorrow. For for something to happen. And it it's it's juicy. What if Garrett goes out, plays two series tomorrow, and gives up a sack? Then uh, well, we'll have to see what Elijah Wilkinson is doing because Elijah, what, five days ago, got very high praise from Rich Gangarello playing the left tackle position with the second team unit. Well, the past few days he's been playing the starting right tackle position with Juwan James out, and I <laughs> I haven't been blown away. Now, maybe it's because he's going against Von Miller, and we know that that's not very fair, but it's not like he's been doing a better job against Von Miller than uh, than. Bowles has been doing against Chubb or, or anything like that. So I think you'd really need to see Garrett fail in the preseason in order for something to happen. So I don't think something's happening. I just thought it was a little interesting. Yeah, I think coaches always want the preseason games to confirm what they're seeing on the sidelines of practice. Right. And so if Garrett goes out there and, and looks like the same guy blocking whoever he's going to block on, I mean, he shouldn't get beat once. Um, on Thursday because tomorrow, wow, this is all going to happen very fast. Um, he shouldn't get beat once because he's going to be going up against backups. It's not like they're starting whoever their pass rushers are. Um, Vic Beasley, is that his name? Right. Uh, like they're not starting him. So he shouldn't get beat. It should go out there. It should honestly be a confidence building session for him. And maybe that's what this is for all three of those guys. Well, Dalton, I think Dalton is just like, let's give him a taste. Yep. Just a little taste. You're a rookie. Yep. Go get a taste of what it's like to play. Um, for Garrett, I think it's a confidence-building thing. All right, go beat up on some second-teamers. Uh, and for Connor McGovern, it's a test. Have five good snaps in a row. Four good snaps. Two good snaps. However many they're going to leave him out there for and build on that moving forward. Boy, if Garrett Bowles looks bad or looks even average tomorrow it's not good a hold a sack mm. or even just a pressure allowed yeah is a red flag yeah absolutely for exactly the reasons you mentioned and if there's any other starters that play outside of the other two offensive linemen because they have kind of different reasons and they look like we're saying Garrett Bowles could look you know bad or, or average a little below average that's a big red flag what do you read into this? The three of them is that a, is that a concern? Is that the coaching staff saying this? 
these guys need to play because they need to get better? I think you broke it down perfectly. Okay. Uh, Dalton, it makes sense. Get him on the field. Uh, Connor, he needs – he needs not, not only needs a practice, but Vic needs to see if, if Connor's a gamer. And I just think that's that's so silly, being a gamer in terms of snapping the freaking ball. But I think it's – if he messes up, we, we have to do something else. And then Bowles, yeah, that's that's – Concerning that that that's a testament to what where they think he is. Um, McGovern clean practice yesterday to your eyes. Yeah, yep. yeah. One of two. Um, yeah. So now he's a two of the last three days were clean. It's, yeah. it's a start. Yeah. Uh, and we asked Rich Scangarello about it afterwards. He was very uh, nonchalant. Yep. Would you say? Yep. Um, that was interesting because he basically just said like, "Yeah, it's bad, but it happens all over the place." I've dealt with it in in multiple cities, and we got a lot of time to fix it. Yeah, he said Connor's doing great. Connor's leading the offense great. He's making the right checks at the line. So a confidence thing, it, j- just like with with some of the other players, where they're they're boosting their confidence. They're certainly doing that with Connor. It's an interesting balance coaching, trying to deal with all these different egos and deal with these different personalities and how. Certain guys respond. Maybe they know that if they came in and ripped Connor, it would only hurt his confidence, and right. that would make him do worse. Although Vic Fangio hasn't necessarily been nice to Connor in, in the media. He's basically just said it's unacceptable and it's got to change. Connor doesn't necessarily look like a guy where if you ripped him, he'd have his feelings hurt. <laughs> Probably not. Probably not. But, may, I mean, may, maybe he is. I wanted to share with you quickly a theory that I have on mm. Drew Locke. Okay. We just talked about um, Garrett and Connor using this game to build confidence, right? Yep. We know that the Broncos are taking the slow approach with Drew Locke on purpose here. And I'm just wondering, because what's the reason for the slow approach, in your opinion? It's to it's just to not rush it. I mean, it, it's, it's slow. It's to – and also give him some fire to keep going. And to me, a big part of it is confidence. What teams are scared of is putting a guy out there where he's in over his head and he struggles and loses his fire. Now, personally, I wouldn't be concerned about that with Drew Locke anyway, but it's nice for them to have the luxury to to try and give him the slow approach. So, if managing confidence is such an important thing in, in the development of a quarterback, why not in Drew Locke's first ever preseason game, throw him out against some threes, you know? And the more I think about that, I'm like, man, if Drew can go out there, we, what, we've seen what guys like Chad Kelly and Kyle Sloter can do against threes and fourth te- third and fourth teamers. Wouldn't it be nice for Drew to go out there and go 14 of 16 for 222 yards and two touchdowns? Yeah, absolutely. So maybe that's another part of this, another layer in this is, hey, why would we force Drew to go out there against some twos? We know we don't want him to play this year. So let's give him the most confidence-boosting situation we can. If it was Paxton Lynch, I would 100% agree with you. Drew is just someone, when you talk to him, you know he doesn't need the confidence. But I guess it doesn't hurt to give him even more confidence. And also, Ryan, we've... We've said time and time again on and off the pod to each other. If this continues all preseason where Drew's the third quarterback, it's it's shameful. It's disgusting. What are they doing? Disgusting. Yeah, yeah, it, it would be. 
But let's say after this first preseason game, the Broncos make the switch. And then, you know, they build it up as the competition part where Drew gets the second team reps next week. Uh, and then he just looks so good that they keep him as a second string guy then. We're probably never going to look back at these first 10, 11 practices of training camp and say, gosh, if only they played Drew with the twos that entire time, he would be so much better. He would be so much more prepared for the week 12 start he has this year or the week one start that he has in 2020. So that, then they would they would have played it right. They just need to make sure that they don't continue this all preseason. You know what I'm going to be upset about if Drew eventually passes Kevin Hogan for the number two job and Kevin Hogan eventually gets cut? Hmm. Brett Rippon. Hmm. He's the one who got the short end of the stick in that deal. Right. Because we knew this was going to happen, right? Uh-huh. Like, I want them to keep Kevin Hogan so I can say, well, okay, I, I didn't see that coming. Um, so it wasn't, you know, a big big deal in the end. They, they, they kept him around. You really want them to keep him? Yes. <laughs> because if they don't, it was the biggest freaking waste of time ever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and, and Kevin... Wasted your time, yep. wasted my time, wasted uh, Brett Rippon's time and Drew Locke's time, and everyone who's out there on that field's time was wasted if we went through this whole charade just so they could go on to cut Kevin Hogan. Hey, you, you don't have to convince me. I completely uh, agree with your, your understand, or with your argument there. We talked to Kevin yesterday, and he was asked... Not me. <laughs> yeah speaking of wasting my time yep. i had to wait like 23 minutes to talk to him as soon as so there's like a big scrum that develops right outside the door that they walk out i stood in there i was already going to be in the back of the scrum because i had come away from something else and don't worry your boy's right in the front and yeah you were in there and i just i waited for about three minutes and i already knew what i was writing for the day Nothing that Kevin Hogan was going to say was going to change what I was writing for the day. <laughs> That's just, for sure. And I said, you know what? Kevin Hogan has no right to make me wait. <laughs> and I went inside and I started working on my story. And so you you got to see the whole scrum, like all the media members. For, it was from, huge. From being in the center, it felt big. Okay, so so it was big. And it was right in front of the door where players and coaches walk out from the building onto the practice field. And so we're all just looking at the door. And they're like, Kevin's going to be seven and a half minutes. That's what they told us. Uh, nine minutes comes by. He, he's not there. And then people just start trickling out. Um, Vic Fangio walks out and goes, whoa, you guys must be waiting for someone important. Uh, <laughs> I don't think so, Coach. Von Miller walks out. He, he looks at PR and says, was this some bad joke? <laughs> Was and he then, being serious? Yeah. And then Vic Fangio and Von Miller. <laughs> he thinks they told him, like, hey, we yep. need you to go do this like, hit for ESPN. <laughs> and he just walks into a trap full of media. Exactly. And then Vic Fangio and Von Miller, uh, they were both on opposite side. They both went different ways. And they both walked into the building together at the same time. And, and Vic goes, oh, you guys are waiting for Von. Uh, no, we should not Von. <laughs> Vaughn makes us wait mm. often. That's just weird. It is what it is weird, but at least he's earned that. Right. He is the Super Bowl MVP. I will <laughs> wait for Vaughn. I draw the line a long ways away before Kevin Hogan. Uh, and if he was asked if he feels like he's stuck in between a rock and a hard place with Joe being the starter and Drew coming up. 
And I and just felt big missed opportunity. Are you are you stuck between a lock and a hard one? <laughs> God, that would have been good. Now I wish I was there. <laughs> I might have snuck that in. <laughs> and you just felt bad for the guy uh, in, in in one way because he goes, "Yeah, you know, I I understand the position I'm in right now, and I'm just trying to go out and put put good film on for you know for the Broncos or." And, you know, he didn't say any other team implying he was going to be cut. He, he in, instead transitioned right after saying or. And I'm like, oh, God, you know, he's smart enough where he knows he's just in a, a pretty tough place. Well, if he thinks that, then maybe he is going to be cut. <laughs> oh, right. That's also what I thought. <laughs> oh, man. Why? John's like, buddy, we gave you $300,000 in guaranteed money. Just play this out for us. Just it's like the Bachelorette. It's all scripted. <laughs> right. Just kidding. The Bachelorette is completely and one hundred percent true. Um. Interesting. I think it's gonna. I think it's gonna be ugly. Yeah. I think it's gonna be ugly on Thursday. I hope he goes out there and lights it up again. I want the Broncos to keep him, so I don't feel as if my time was wasted. Hmm. And it's not as my time is more important than anyone else's. Everyone's time was wasted. Is this the last time Kevin Hogan gets two reps in a game? What do you mean? Will, will this be the Second only team reps? Yeah. No. Yeah, not two, not two reps. I don't think so. Hmm. Next week, or do they flip again? Do they play the whole Trevor Paxton game of this guy's starting this week, and we're like, oh my gosh, he's the starter, and it's like, no, no, no. Next week, we're we're playing the competition game. He starts, and the week after, he starts. Yesterday for my article, which I'll I'll uh, pimp out in a second. I had to look pimp out in a second, huh? Pimp out in a second. Yeah, Yeah. pimp out your article. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Um, especially since there's a money exchange that has to happen (laughs) for many people to read it. Um, I had to look through old Vance Joseph quotes, (laughs) and I mean, I really had to dig to find what I was looking for. And goodness gracious, I came across the one where they announced Trevor as the starter over Paxson. And I was just like, oh my God, what dark times these were. Like, the, the quote was like, after a long battle, a four to five month battle, we've officially decided to make Trevor Simeon our starting quarterback. And I'm just like, oh, wow. If everything goes right with Vic Fangio. Real quick, Trevor Simeon and... Paxton Lynch are on this current team. What reps are they getting? With everyone else? Yes, yes, yes. Or just by the end of the preseason, where would they be ranking? I was going to say, you won't like this, but Trevor's getting two reps right now. At the end of preseason, it'd be Joe, Drew, Trevor, Kevin, Kevin, Brett, Brett, Paxton. I'm not even kidding. I, that's actually true. Yeah. Like we were, um, we were, and uh, how do I put this without being a villain? <laughs> we were not um, pushing the Kyle Sloter train along. No. Because we knew, we knew it was going to happen. And f- folks, I know that you still love Kyle Sloter, but he's still yet to take a rep in a game yep. in his career. Yep. So, while we were right in a sense, and I just kept telling people, like, it's not, 
doesn't matter what he's doing against the fourth team at the end of preseason <laughs> games. So I'm sorry to tell you that. Yeah. While that was true, another thing was true, which is that he was better than Paxton Lynch. Yep, exactly. Exactly. Totally agree. He should have been getting those reps if, if we're being real and right. honest. And nothing ever is. And that's what just doesn't make sense about Drew Locke being two. Is Paxton got the bump from being the first-round pick, the future Drew's not getting that bump at all, and it is a different head coach. Probably wasn't the only bump Paxson was getting. <laughs> but it's the same general manager, and I think John is just saying, okay, I've, I've learned. Drew's going to have to, you know, quote-unquote, earn his way to the second spot. But how surprised would you be if Drew wasn't the backup quarterback come week one? I guess pretty surprised. But I, I'm just envisioning this whole thing where they just keep this going. And they their goal internally is don't let Drew get on the field this year. Because, look, if you put together this whole plan, Zach, and then Joe Flacco, I'll touch wood, gets injured in the first game, your entire plan is derailed. Are you willing – to derail your entire plan because your quarterback got injured? Or do you want to keep your plan intact because that's the future of your franchise? So I'm envisioning a scenario where they keep Kevin Hogan and they keep him as the number two quarterback throughout the entire season because they don't want Drew to play. If you keep Kevin, he has to be the backup. 100%. Or else there's zero, zero – I mean, there's – not much reason to keep him second other than what you're saying, but there's zero reason to keep Kevin Hogan and have him be the third. You're wasting a roster spot. You are potentially sacrificing Brett Rippon by cutting him and putting him on the practice squad. If you're going to keep three quarterbacks, Kevin's the one that's got to go. So, and obviously you're keeping Drew Locke. So if Kevin Hogan's on the team, he's got to be your backup. And that would be why, is so that Drew Locke doesn't touch the field this year. And... and- it's possible. Like again, if you have this strong plan, I mean, John Elway has talked about Drew Locke not playing for two years, and you're telling me you're just going to scrap the entire plan because Joe Flacco got injured in week two, right? It seems that would seem weird to me. Now I realize in the end it's about winning, and I guarantee you that Drew Locke gives you a better chance to win a game right now than Kevin Hogan does. How miserable! You thought the past few years were miserable. How miserable would it be to watch a Kevin Hogan-led Broncos offense for 15 weeks? Going up against the Bears defense <laughs> in week two. After you already lost to the Raiders because Joe got hurt. Can you imagine the public outcry <laughs> as Kevin Hogan goes 9 for 26 against the Bears and the Broncos lose 29-0? With the freaking future oh, yeah. sitting on the bench. With a second-round pick with a laser rocket arm <laughs> sitting on the bench. Who also... Just looks so good, just physically. You see him on the field, and you're like, "Yes, he's the truth." He's, he's standing got the on arm the, sleeve and the visor on. He's standing on the sideline, looking so good. Oh man, people <laughs> would lose their collective minds. And you know what? I think John Elway would lose his mind. Uh, I think it would take about. Let's just touch wood like twenty times. <laughs> I'm gonna break this wood. I'm touching it so much. <laughs> Just pray for Joe Flacco's health. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we don't have to see what, what they might possibly do in a in a situation like that. 
I think a Kevin Hogan-led Broncos offense would last between three and six quarters. <laughs> I thought you were going to say weeks. <laughs> nope. Oh, man. I hope Kevin Hogan proves us all wrong and goes out and goes 20 for 20 tomorrow and four touchdowns. So, you taking him first overall in the fantasy draft? Not in a million years. (laughs) Okay. The fantasy draft. If you weren't with us last year, this is awesome, at least in my opinion. Uh, We draft quarterbacks, two wide receivers. Sorry, yeah. A quarterback, two wide receivers, two running backs, a tight end, and a flex. Uh, Zach, our math guru, then adds up the fantasy points. Standard ESPN league scoring. <laughs> no PPR or any of that because it just makes Zach's life a lot harder. Uh, so, wasn't there something we did last year where other teams' quarterbacks were available? Oh, do we use do we use both teams' rosters? Or just the Broncos with the other team's quarterbacks? Last year, that's what we did. But I don't think there's any reason to necessarily do that in this game. In terms of opening up the other quarterbacks? Right. We don't, there's, only two, there's only two quarterbacks. Are there three or two? That are going to play in this game? Yeah. For the Broncos, three, right. I believe. But... Brett is probably going to get the least of the reps. Okay. Okay. Well, this game will be decided on who wins the coin flip. <laughs> All right. This is heads. Yeah. This is tails. I'm I'm flipping my phone. Tails. All right. Wow, that was quite the flip. Oh, heads. no. It's heads. And with the first overall pick in week one no. of the Fantasy Draft Hall of Fame game edition. I will take future Hall of Famer himself. Oh, Brett Drew Rippin. Locke. Oh, man. Drew oh, Locke. Oh, man. So then uh, I'm going Kevin. I have to well, go Kevin Hogan. You don't have to because I only can have one quarterback. You can take whoever you want now. You can pick Kevin with the very last pick of the draft. I'm giving you free advice here. So are we doing a flex? Um, yeah. Can a flex be a quarterback? No. Okay. Flex is just, a running back, wide receiver, or tight end. Just wanted to make sure. With my... So, just the Broncos roster from now. Yeah. This one's a little risky for me. But I'm going to do it. With my first overall pick, I cannot believe I'm picking this guy. I'm going to go Juwan Winfrey. Mm. And the reason I said it was risky is just what if they hold him out? Just because they know he's making the team. Uh, He has been full in practice the past few days, but what if they hold him out and my freaking first-round pick doesn't play? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. But you were Uh, nodding your head. You you like that pick? Yeah. I mean, of course you like that pick. I love that pick. I'm mad you took him away from me. But I I will admit there was some concern there. And I'm just wondering, like, He's like a borderline starter at this point. Like, how long are they going to leave him out there? When Kevin's in there, he'll be getting the ball. That's why. Oh, that's very true. Yeah. (laughs) Even if it's two drives, it'll be like seven catches. (laughs) With my second pick, I'm going with a guy who just seems like, I don't know how to explain this. He just has the preseason feel to him. Mm. A guy who just eats up preseason. The Slaughter machine. Yes, or like, remember that wide receiver from like Utah or something who always, he like led his team in receiving 
including the Broncos, two different years. Jordan something? No, don't remember him at all. Jordan, not Jordan, Jordan Taylor. Jordan Matthew or something? I don't know. Okay. Anyways, he was on the Broncos last year. He <laughs> led the preseason in receiving oh, yards. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know who you're talking about. Jordan Leslie. Yep, yep, exactly. Yep. And he, he led his team the previous year in receiving yards in the preseason anyway. This guy has that feel to me. So with the second pick, I go downtown Fred Brown. Ah, I like that. I like that pick a lot. And maybe he's a guy that doesn't get a lot of playing time. I think he will. Yeah, he's he's being forced to earn a spot against some really tough competition. But he could go out there and, and eat. I'll take the top running back off the board right now. Well, I guess I don't. we don't know who's playing. I'm going to go Kalafani Muhammad. I think he's going to get some opportunities. Yeah, he is my favorite running back um, of that group. So good pick there. I, I thought of taking him second overall, but then I just I just got the vibes from downtown. Fred Brown. <laughs> um, so as to make sure you don't corner the entire running back market here, I'm going to go with the other guy who I I think it's a coin flip between which one of these guys is going to have a big game. Uh, Devonte Jackson. Mm, yep, exactly. That, that's how I felt about those guys. Coin flip. I took the guy a little higher on the depth chart, uh, but I think that's a good one. Those 33 and 48 could be competing for a roster spot with each other. Maybe. Or at least a practice squad spot. They're for sure at least doing that. All right, with my third pick. We didn't snake this, by the way. We forgot to snake the draft. Oh, yeah, where I get to. We'll do that next week. All right. I'll, gi- I'll give you the advantage this week. Um, with my next pick in the draft, I'm going to go, ooh, Noah Fant. Wow. Yeah. Surprised he was still on the board. What? You think he's going to get enough playing time to, to get you some points here? I don't think he's done enough in practice to uh, for the coaches to be like, we'll, we'll, we'll hold you out a lot, kid. Now, that is a little worrisome with Juwan and Noah Fant. That I think they, you might just be handing me this. That they could just be on the Kevin Hogan plan, where uh, yeah. Kevin Hogan plays, what, two or three series and then it's done? I'm kind of afraid that Noah Fant won't even play a snap. <sighs> Had to go with the talent. Well, since you've already filled that, I don't have to do it. Um, all right, so let's see. Where, where are we at here? We've got a quarterback, a running back, and a wide receiver. So, another guy who gives me some good preseason vibes. I think this guy is going to have a ton of catches in this game. Mm. One, Nicholas Williams. Ooh, the guy getting all the hype. All the hype right now. I mean, what, what, did, what, did, what has Vic said about him? He said really nice things. He's like, some guys come in and they take a second to get used to things and he's just come in and right away made started making an impact he could i think he's going to be the training camp darling or the preseason darling mm-hmm. and then like jordan leslie get the boot fall off the cliff just just just, just get the boot at the end um I, I like that one i like that one now i'm gonna go with someone else that I'm just I'm just deciding between two people right now. Uh, okay, I'm gonna go Devonte Booker as my second running back. Interesting. Do you think he also gets the Kevin Hogan treatment? Kinda, yeah. No, oh, don't don't tell me that. 
Okay, so I still need a second running back. How many running backs are there? Philip Lindsay's not playing. Philip Lindsay's not playing. Royce Freeman? I don't know if he's playing. I don't think he's playing. I'm I'm saying extra cautious. I think you're down to one then. So it's I only have one option and it's the accountant. It's David Williams. <laughs> All right, give me Dave Williams. <laughs> Wait, do you have two Williams on your team now? Nick Williams and Dave Williams. Nick Williams and Dave Williams. Right on. All right, so ah, uh, so I'm you... gonna I'm gonna pin you in a corner right here. I'm going to take Austin Fort. I didn't remember that end, you could do that. Tight end for, for my flex. There's still one out there, though. I got Fant and Fort going on. Why? Mm. I want, uh, Austin, I'm so mad right now. <laughs> I, I forgot that you could get a flex tight end. I remember you did that to me last year. Yep. It's because no one would actually do it in real fantasy football. Right. Pick up a tight end. As their flex. Right. Like no one has, there's not no. enough talent. No. So I always forget that that's an option. Um, okay. Well now you definitely can't take any more tight ends. <laughs> so I don't have to worry about that. Um, do, wait, am I down to, Oh, I, I have to take a tight end here. I don't have any more. Oh, I can take a flex. Right. Yeah, okay. Wait, who's your second wide receiver? Nick Williams. Who's your first wide receiver? Downtown Fred Brown. Fred Brown. Right. Right. Okay. Um, yeah, you can go tight end or flex. Okay. I have to think of players on the roster right now. <laughs> We're deep down. Deep down the Oh, okay. Um this is a this is a good one. Ooh, I'm between two really really good players. I'll take the other one. Mm. I mean you have to be going this way. Let me get I like one of these guys better, but I just have a better feeling about this certain mm. guy in this game. Let me get Trinity Benson. Uh, Trinity. Okay. And why? Um, why am I taking Trinity? Why do I have a good feeling about him? I don't know. Yeah. He's, I just, I think he's going to have a good game. So I'll round out my non-quarterback roster going Kelvin McKnight. Mm-hmm. Is that who you were deciding between? Yep. Kelvin McKnight and Trinity Benson. Yep. They, they, Trinity's the guy the first half of training camp. Kelvin's been the guy the second half of training camp so far. Yep. Uh, and so I guess with my tight end position, this is the hard part. You're, get, you're getting a good player right here. I didn't want to take anyone who I think is going to contribute in real games. Mm. Don't Be- you took Drew Locke. Don't tell me that. <laughs> <laughs> because I just think that those guys are going to be out of there so quickly. Yeah. But since he's never played in an NFL game, this guy might actually get some some run. And so I'll take Troy Fumagalli. Yep. I mean, potentially the, the best player uh, of the group so far in camp. You got him there. So I'm going to round out my team going K-Dog. Kevin Hogan. <laughs> Come on, man. What Don't. quarterback did I have last year that got me negative points? <laughs> Had to be Paxton, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. Paxton. <laughs> <laughs> the Paxton era feels so long ago. It does. It does not feel like he was still on the team a year ago. Like one year ago today, we're talking like Paxton Lynch and Chad Kelly competing for the two. Oh, man. How much better. Who else was in camp? Oh, Nick Stevens. Yep. They've he- never had a Stevens that spells his name right. <laughs> 
He did. Oh, he did. I okay. think I think so. Yeah, he just. Uh. And just, Paxton Lynch actually was better than Nick Stevens. He was. He was. Now just think about this. Last right now, a lot of national people have graded the Broncos' quarterback room as like one of the bottom five in the league. What the heck did they think it was last year? Well, everyone thought everyone one year ago today, people liked Case Keenum more than they like Joe Flacco right now. Wow. I mean, it's it's hard to put myself back in that mindset, but I mean, I, you can make the case looking at it from an outsider's perspective. Case just got 18 million per year, just had a magical run and Baltimore Ravens just drafted Joe Flacco's replacement. Yeah. It's crazy, though, when you saw Case Keenum play in real games. How did he have that good year? I To this day, I don't understand. Tons of talent surrounding him. And I even watched the film. Like, the film was good. It wasn't fluky. Right. He was making all the throws. Yep. He was comfortable. He was protecting the ball. Yep. Then he gets here and throws three picks in the first game. <laughs> oh god with three touchdowns right yeah three picks three touchdowns uh and i think he threw a, a touch an interception in each of the first six games maybe seven yep. yep i remember that it wasn't the jets game the first game he didn't have an interception he was one one touchdown zero interceptions and the touchdown was bs because it was uh to demarius thomas when they were already getting crushed oh <laughs> i'm so happy that's over also, he just kind of sucked. Like as he a, did. as a dude, like he wasn't a cool dude. No, he wasn't. All right, you get to go to dinner with one of. Let's see. We'll go back to Trevor Simeon, Paxton Lynch, Brock Osweiler, Case Keenum, or Joe Flacco. Easy, a easy list too. Joe Flacco, Trevor Simeon. Then I'll just go alone. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. I mean, I might go with Paxton just to see what, what kind of trouble we can get into afterwards. <laughs> trouble if you mean like on the Xbox. I just, I mean, he has like a, he, he has like a deep crew that likes to go have fun. <laughs> it's true. Um, Yeah. I mean, Joe Flacco is for sure number one on that list. Yeah. I mean, a Super Bowl MVP. He's also a cool dude. He's just like nice. Yeah. Probably funny. Yeah. And, and, and Trevor is just Joe Flacco light. You know, he, he doesn't have the football accomplishments. But Trevor he, is he, not two on my list. Really? <laughs> I don't like – it's too boring. What do you got against Trev? He's too boring. Yeah, I, I think he was – Brock number two on my list. Why? I don't know. Just seems more interesting. Because he's tall, so you can stand out? Uh, yeah, now I'm stuck with two really tall guys. <laughs> I have, like, multiple friends over 6'5". Wow. It's weird. Wow. Yeah basketball players i mean at some point yeah <laughs> just had to be right if you're a tall kid you're pretty much forced into basketball yes and you better be good the or funny else thing is like six five right so those friends were always the tallest kids on the team yep they're always the tallest kids in school yep six five yeah maybe you're, you're tall enough to be a, a shooting guard yep <laughs> yeah but like my friends that were six five were playing like center right yeah, and, uh, it's wild. That's what's incredible when these six five point guards are good with handling the ball and can shoot and can pass. Like, when did they have they been playing that their whole life? 
and then they hit the growth spurt late. It, it's it's a phenomenon. You have like six, seven, six, eight point guards in the NBA now. Yeah. Were they doing that in high school? I don't. I mean, there's you no ha- way their coach was letting them do that. Right, because the ma- the mismatches in the post <laughs> yeah. were so unfair. But that's what I was, we had a random conversation about this in the in the office yesterday. I'm like, they're like, I someone was saying they hated watching Michael Porter Jr.'s high school tape because he was just like playing on the perimeter the whole time. And I was like, would Michael Porter Jr. have gotten any better at basketball just posting up six foot kids in the in the lane and just turning right. around and getting layups over them? Like, right. Yeah, he might have not been doing what was the best for his team, but right. he was n- he would not have become any better just playing center in high school. I guess it shows you if the coach is focused on winning or developing the kids. True. Anyways, Joe Flacco wins that race by a mile. Easy. Easy. All now, right. Now throw John Elway in the mix. Oh, I mean, he's definitely <laughs> going one. Yes. But that doesn't mean he's a cooler guy than Joe. Mm. Just... You it's just, just you don't you can't pass up, up on, a, dinner. on a, a dinner with a Hall of Fame quarterback who's also like the most iconic sports figure in the state you grew up in. Okay, then final one because yeah, you make a you good case. Throw Peyton in there. Peyton, easy. <laughs> so this great argument you just made for John Peyton just trumps him like that. Well, trumps him. Pey- <laughs> Peyton also is a uh, MVP. He is also a Hall of Famer, and he's a just five-time MVP. He's just a cooler guy. Yeah, yeah. Pete John is a national guy. That I mean, I mean, he he reaches across uh, America. Peyton, he's like a world guy. He dominates America. Who do you think of all the people? Actually, no, just just Peyton and John. Which one do you actually have a better chance of going to dinner with in real life? <sighs> I thought it was easy. I, John? John. For me, it's Peyton. Why? Because I know people that know him. Mm, that's good. I don't, I don't know. I've never talked to anyone who's friends with John Elway other than like Joe Ellis. And see, I wasn't sure if, I mean, John knows us. Right. If that helps or if it hurts. And that's why that's why I think it helps, because Peyton, if I, if I just asked him to go to dinner, he'd be like, "Dude, I don't know you. What are you talking about?" He'd also John- be like, "Oh yeah, you. I have some time in December, twenty thirty-two. John, I could probably get him. Probably not tomorrow night. Maybe Friday. Uh, probably not Friday or Saturday. Maybe Sunday night." You think you're going to? The, <laughs> you think you just ask John to go to Sunday night dinner with you at Blake Street Tavern? I think that red uh, that red dot may be on me if I ask him that. <laughs> <laughs> the snipers will find you. <laughs> oh man! Another place you could go uh, with John L.A. is Breckenridge Brewery. Mm. Hit up the farmhouse. Mm. You won't have to worry about crowds mobbing him or anything like that. John and John likes rural areas. John likes beer. Yeah, actually. Uh, no, he doesn't strike me as a beer drinker. Maybe strong beer. <laughs> uh, 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 yeah. Like a nice vanilla porter. What is John's drink? <sighs> Martinis? Could you say yeah. a martini? Yeah, yet? I was gonna say I don't actually think it's whiskey or scotch. I think it's I think it's something clear, but not vodka. Mm, martinis or vodka? Well, I guess you can have like a gin martini too. Doesn't seem like a gin May- martini type of guy. I see the vodka. Or or I, I see the martini, definitely. Martini. Not, not in a martini glass, though. D- 
dirty martini, two olives. Mm. Yeah, I see it. I kind of want to do some investigative reporting on this. I want to know what John's drink of choice is. What if you just got everyone's drink of choice in the organization? That'd be interesting. It would be. Our drink of choice? Hands down. Easy. Breckenridge beers. Damn good beers. Um, You could go Strawberry Sky. You could go Vanilla Porter. You could go Avalanche Amber. And they've got a new one coming out next month. Just a little tease. A little tease for you guys. So check out Breckenridge Beers. What you'll find is that, well... They're damn good beers. All right, let's take a break, and when we come back on the other side, we will get to your questions, of which there are plenty. Tax debt is impeding the growth of millions of small businesses in the U.S. That's why Symbio Tax and Administration's goal is to enable small businesses and individuals to make informed and calculated decisions when it comes to their taxes. Symbio Tax provides small business owners with expert services in resolving tax liabilities and providing financial clarity. I would recommend George to anybody who has to deal with the IRS. His strengths and depth of knowledge make him really valuable. You know, over the course of years as a real estate broker, I've had the opportunity to talk with many different tax people. But the one thing I have found with George is he was very easy to work with. He was very articulate. SymbioTax is experienced in preparing returns for all income levels, as well as securing penalty abatements and settlements for qualified individuals that sometimes save the taxpayer thousands. George was able to save us about $7,000, and of course, you know, being an independent real estate broker, $7,000 is a substantial amount of money, and it was really nice to get that dealt with. They offer free consultations, so be sure to check out SymbioTax.com for more information. That's S-Y-M-B-I-O. We didn't mean for that to happen, but there's a good old uh, almost hour-long first segment. Oh, man. So I hope you guys had a lot of traffic today. Yeah, seriously. And and the good news, Zach, is that we only have a few questions here, so uh, (laughs) we'll just breeze through these second and third segments, have a normal length pod, right? No, because we first have to get to the question of the week presented by Sports Column. Oh, and and then we have, what, 30 questions after that? Yeah, and let's just say the question of the week had a decent amount of responses, too. So you guys are awesome. We absolutely love you. And if you love us and you came to the the BSN Breckenridge Bar Crawl last week, you got to see how cool Sports Column is. Ah, uh, Sports Column is great. Easily has cemented itself as a top three bar for me in Denver. Mm, and boy, was it was it a top three bar last Friday night. Because not only do you have the basketball hoop, which we talked about, they also have such good wings. Uh, I'm hungry. I don't even want to go down that road. Just get to the questions. (laughs) And the question of the week was, what are you most interested to see in the Hall of Fame game? So we can just kind of read these, let the the people know what they're looking forward to. all of the ones that say Drew Locke? Sure. Tim Fitzgerald says Drew Locke. Jake says Locke to Fant. Uh, Go Broncos says has to be Locke. Uh, Seth says... Drew Locke throwing the old pigskin around. Michael Kicken says Drew Locke. Do we have any more Drew Locke? Eamon Badwin said Demarcus Walker, Boz. If McGovern can snap, Fant, Reisner. And then he said, I feel like I'm forgetting someone. Oh, yeah, Drew freaking Locke. <laughs> and Brian Clayman says see, for, to see football being played and seeing the future three-time Super Bowl MVP, Drew Locke. Who said that? 
Ryan Clayman, top one. Uh, RC. Probably bottom one for you or something weird. Who's the top one? <laughs> All right, moving on uh, from Zach Hux. He says football. That's uh, Yep, that's a thing. It's a good one. K- Kale says, says Kale, yeah. Vic Fangio throwing the first pass interference challenge flag. Yeah, in case you missed that last week, he's like, we got the first game of the season. I'm throwing the first challenge flag on <laughs> pass interference. And I think he was actually very serious. Yes, I think so, too. We'll see. Might as well, right? Make history. Yeah. Nick Scott says, Connor McGovern, you know, our starting center, being able to snap the ball correctly every time. Mm. We'll see. Yes. Uh, Texas Bronco says McGovern. Dom Siglo says Juwan F and Winfrey. Wow, we've got a DFL. There we and go. Now we have a JFW. JFW, that's my guy. That, sound, that sounds like a uh, an airport. That's my first round pick. JFW really does close to JFK. Grant Hamilton says Connor McGovern got to see ASAP if we need to mix things up at center. Wasn't this excitement? Wasn't the question what are you most excited to see? <laughs> I guess people are more nervous. Yeah. When it comes to McGovern. All right, Nick Geyer says snapping of the ball on both sides. What does that mean? I don't know. <laughs> on on both sides, maybe uh, long snapper. Excited to see some Casey Kreider. <laughs> that may be the He's first. Good. He might be the only Pro Bowler playing in the game. Wow, pretty pretty incredible there. Texas Broncos says McGovern. I wonder if he's like on posters all around Canton, Ohio right now. I'm sure he is. <laughs> I saw it's like the NFL tweeted a promo for the game. You know who was pictured? No. Vaughn Miller, Philip Lindsay, Matt Ryan, and Taylor Gabriel. I think it was Taylor Gabriel. Taylor Gabriel. Is he the second most important player on there? <laughs> oh, yeah. Julio Jones is also. <laughs> why didn't why, – like, if they were going with those people, why didn't they go with – it was number 18. I'm pretty sure that's Taylor Gabriel. Yeah. Oh, uh, that is – Is he still with them? I don't even know. They're just lying to the people then. Right. That's what I mean. I was like, is this false advertisement? Yeah. Let's sue him. All right. Make up for that 50-minute first segment. (laughs) (laughs) Do we get to all of them? Um, I think so. Yep. All right. I like that. That's efficient. Let's see if we can uh, keep up that type of efficiency as we get to our 29 questions. Oh, man. First one coming in from Bluffin Bronco says, hey, guys, I have finally subscribed after months of contemplating. You know what? I'm never going to complain about too many questions if, if they start with that. It's, it's really true. He says, I started listening back in January and I've gotten room in my budget for the subscription. Well, thank you. My fiance and I just got settled in Memphis after Ooh. moving from Deltona, Florida. Paxton Lynch's high school was a five-minute walk from my house. So he made the same move that Paxton went from Deltona to Memphis. <laughs> exactly. Maybe, maybe you'll make your way to Denver next. It's the natural progression. Just maybe, be prepared to go to Seattle after that. I was going to say, then, maybe a longer stay. Some, somewhere else. And then back, back home. Growing up in Florida and now living in Tennessee, I n- I'm never around a lot of Broncos fans. I'm, in a, I'm so happy to finally be part of a non-toxic, friendly community. You guys do a great job. Like you, you said, guys do a great job of making this a non-toxic, friendly community. It, it's so true. That's on you guys. Thank you. He said, like you guys said, the depth chart had no surprises for us BNS, BSN listeners. Admittedly, I was very upset when we traded for Flacco because I instantly knew it would be a, the first domino in drafting Drew Locke. Hmm. At the time, I was sure Locke would be a bust in the NFL. However, after seeing some interviews of Locke, I really believe he was a met. He was he has. A, you know, he has a mentality to get better and 
possibly be the future. I'll be dishing out shorter comments in the future. I just wanted to show my support. Keep up the great work, guys. Well, thank you so much for the support, Bluff and Bronco, and thanks for jumping on. Yeah, welcome into the family. Um, excited to have your questions with us. Yeah, absolutely. And Ryan, before we go on, I got to tell you about Jake. Jake? And I got to tell you to not be like Jake. Oh, there's a Jake out there, huh? There, there's a Jake. You know, you, you, you definitely don't want to be a Matt. You don't, well, now you do. Because Matt's in the is in the family. Yeah, you you do, but you don't want to hold out. Why is that? Because Jake held out for five months. Okay. Five long months, knowing he wanted to subscribe, but just I, I don't even know. No no reason. You know what? He subscribed. So you do want to be Jake, but not wait five months because he subscribed with the free T shirt deal. And his three favorite T-shirts were all sold out. Of and, his size? Yeah. And I was going to say, that does not happen. We often just, we're say, sold we just out restocked. So, Jake, if we just restocked, you might try, try it again. Try it again. But that, that's why you don't want to wait. You know, it hurts us, but it, it hurts you. Make sure you get in on that. Your favorite T-shirt. And there's so many. Yeah. And if you want a free T-shirt with your subscription, use the promo code BRONCOSCAMP. And on top of the free T-shirt, you're going to get $10 off. Um, like we've said, it's just flipping a nickel, one to Zach, one to me, <laughs> for every time you listen to this podcast. Exactly. And this is, I mean... And this is not even what you get with your subscription. And if you're breaking this podcast down per hour, you're paying us two and a half cents per hour for this pod. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> you can't even flip a coin to us for that. It's got to be under minimum wage. <laughs> oh, I think so. <laughs> Uh, so use promo code Broncos Camp. You get everything that we do, and I think you'll really love it. Next one's from True, True Champ Fan Twenty Four. Says, "Quick thought. I just read an article about how Denver should take a chance on Robert Kimdiche. I was always a fan of his at Ole Miss. Obviously, there were some character issues. However, you could probably bring him on in a prove it deal. He has some serious potential. Who knows if he'll ever reach it or just flame out entirely." But paired with Vaughn and Chubb and guys like Harris, Scottsis, and Wolf, I think he could have a great chance to focus on situational football and improving his game. In Arizona, he was supposed to be their Khalil Mack. In Denver, he would not receive that much attention. And, and I think about him, and, and I think he and Denver could benefit from it. Yeah, I don't really know if he's supposed to be a Khalil Mack. He's 6'4", 310 pounds. He, Is he really that he's, big? He's a big. He was not that big of a guy coming out, but they beefed him up. Oh, my God. I'm looking at his nicknames. Hollywood, okay. Hulk, okay. Pork chop <laughs> is another one. Um, I this this is who I wanted the Broncos to draft over Paxton Lynch. So it would have been a better draft pick than Paxton, but clearly not not uh, a fantastic. I will say one. this: missing on a defensive lineman in the first round of the draft is a lot better than missing on a quarterback. Right, right, I exactly. The thing is, though, it's. He'd be adding a promising player, not a great player by any means, but at whose expense? And right now, I'm not on the DeMarcus Walker bandwagon, but the Broncos are. And uh, so you, you have your three starters, DeMarcus Walker, Zach Kerr. Those guys, I think, are all pretty much making the team. I guess you could add him over Billy Wynn. Mm, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, I'm for it. It's just not as convincing, even being a, a, a Kemdichi guy in the draft. Here's the thing is he's really weird. 
very weird. Super weird guy. He's very weird. And that's like cute if you're good. <laughs> right. But he comes like, I don't know. He's going to come in and start like telling these guys about like witch doctors. And <laughs> I don't about, know if you want that in your locker room. How about this though? He had zero sacks his first two years in the league. Okay. Last year he had four and a half. Wow. That's worth four and a half million dollars. <laughs> exactly. He only played at 10 games too. All right. All Started right. six. Okay, then maybe you can deal with a little of the weirdness. <laughs> yeah, you can so, deal with a guy having a pet jaguar. <laughs> yeah, I mean, do you get the signing bonus back if the jaguar gets hungry? Well, oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> so yeah, I I would be up for it. It's just not someone you break the bank for. I don't know if teams are gonna have to break the bank though. No, you definitely aren't gonna have to break the bank. I think you can bring him in on a prove it deal for sure. I do. Uh, I don't know. I just. Uh, I don't like the vibes. Yeah, that's how I feel. It's you. You can do it, but I, for some reason, I'm not sold on it. I really liked him, and I thought it was very Broncos. It was like right after yeah. Bradley Roby, Shane yeah. Ray, and then Kim Diche comes in, and you're like, oh, okay, well, like character thing. They're gonna get a gonna talented fall. guy that falls. Yeah, because yep. he was gonna be a top. He was like, I believe when he committed to Old Miss, he was the number one yep. player in the country. Yep. Yep, and and talent alone, he was like a top five pick, top ten pick. There's a lot of variables that go into succeeding in the NFL. Yep. Talent is all, 50% of it at most. The Rams will probably pick him up. Ooh, that's a good pickup for them. Yeah. Put him in with Wade Phillips. Yep, then then weird is okay. Well, they've got a lot of weird guys over there. That's what I mean. It, it, if, if, you just, if everyone's weird, then it's normal. Yeah. Like, I just, what if he comes in and now all of a sudden Von Miller has like a jungle in his backyard? <laughs> Probably not getting a signing bonus back from Von. <laughs> uh, next one's from Broncos Girl 723. She says, Someone just needs to follow Connor around with a Staples easy button so he can hit it when he has a good snap. And then he says, That was easy. <laughs> she says, Hashtag I'm a door. It should be easy, shouldn't it? Does Casey Kreider sit there and he's like, dude, I can snap it t- <laughs> three times as long as you with 100% accuracy. He probably does. <laughs> I, I imagine he does. I just, I don't understand how that's not the number one priority. What do you mean? Snap the ball, then get blown up. <laughs> if the There's a rule it, against that, too. For You aren't allowed to contact the center in the head. Mm. I think. Uh, I just really hope he's not a guard playing center. And that's what he is so far. Got news for you. <laughs> <laughs> he's a freaking guard playing center. Yep, exactly. Exactly. Where's, G- where's Gino? <laughs> Next up, we actually have a, uh, uh, a comment coming in about a suggestion on how to fix all this later in the pod. I okay. think it's our last one. Next one coming in from Nahalo says, do we know what the plan is for Vic in terms of coaching on the sideline versus the box? I remember there was some discussion about that earlier, but do y'all know what the plan is for the season or at least the preseason? And then chimed in and said, "Never mind, just saw Zach's tweet. And that tweet was Vic is going to be on the sidelines. Ed Donatel is going to be on the sidelines. That's where they threw me off. Me as well. I thought, I thought they were, Batman and Robin, they played off each other. They're just going to switch positions because it's always been the other way. No. So is it who, – who's going to be up there? Who's going to be Vic's eyes? I don't know. That was actually going to be my next question for him. 
Um, I didn't think about it until after the press conference, and I realized we're not going to be able to talk to him again until after the game. It's not going to come up then. And then I realized after that we're not going to be able to talk to him until Sunday. So <laughs> remind me on Sunday to ask him who his eyes were during the game. Yeah. Maybe I could do some investigative work during the game. Mm, look at who he's looking at. See whose eyes he's locked on to. Oh, I mean, who would it be? It's not Kolar. No, Kolar's got to be down there to yell. <laughs> Herring's got to be down there to yell. Secondary? Outside linebacker coach who was with him last year? Brandon Staley? Yeah. Maybe. Wouldn't you think it'd be the guy who's been with him for 10 years? The guy that you trust the most. Yeah. Maybe they want to just be buds on the sideline, though. <laughs> you always got to find your sideline bud. Oh, man. I had my sideline bud in high school football. I bet oh, you guys got man. plenty of time to talk. <laughs> oh, it was, it was a good time back there. I specifically remember in eighth grade, me and these two other dudes would just talk about like our NCAA football franchise or whatever you call it. <laughs> the entire time we were off the field. Your the high school team one that you made. No, this was eighth grade. Oh, so you weren't making your high school team. Yet. I didn't. I didn't play football in high school because it overlapped with golf. But didn't you make your high school football team on Madden? Oh no, I, not my high school team. My peewee team. Oh, yeah. We're yep, talking yep. like Madden 2002 <laughs> or something. That's amazing. It was great. Were you the Broncos? No, we were the Bulldogs. Gold uniforms, black numbers. Oh, you made that a team? Yeah, create a team. What city? Boulder. Ah, yeah. That makes sense. Boulder Bulldogs. <laughs> um. So, anyways, Vic said he's going to like use this game to experiment what angle he likes. Um. It just... <laughs> It was funny. I don't know. It's so weird. It's very Just put weird. Put him in the box. Yes. What do you think it happens? Um no, it won't. I don't even think they're allowing it to be an option. Which is silly. I I keep wanting to ask him that, but for some reason I'm I'm hesitant. That's the one thing that literally probably the one thing that hasn't made sense that Vic's done. It's not his fault though. Like I think they're just like they're just telling him, like, you got to be on the sidelines. Like, that's what John Elway is saying. Like, you're the head coach. You're on the sidelines. You think John's telling him that? Or do you think when Vic took the job, he's like, well, I'm the head coach now. I have to be on the sidelines. What is the, the negative? Of being... Not on the sideline. Um, just not having the presence. But he's never had the presence. Exactly. It's just I like all of a sudden telling Peyton Manning to go under center, which actually is a thing that happened in Denver. <laughs> uh, like... No, he's the best shotgun quarterback ever. Don't take him out of there. You're not. There's no downside. And here's the thing. Vic Fangio was huge on Harbaugh's staff in game management. You know where he did game management from? The box. He can do the game management stuff from the box. That's where he's done it before. That's obviously where he's called plays. That's where he's led a defense. He's not going to be leading Rich Gangarello in the offense, and he can do all of the game management stuff, probably even better from from in the box for offense. Rich Gangarello said something I never thought about. What? He's like, when you're up in the box, you have like peace and quiet, and you can think more clearly. Mm. And I'm just like, wow, that's actually really true. And you don't have to worry about sideline reporters telling you that that you're having the time of your life. Oh, my God. (laughs) We learn, we we know this firsthand. This is like something we can speak to directly. From the press box, it's quiet. Legitimately quiet. Doesn't matter how loud mile high is. We can feel the thunder a little bit. Other than that, it's pretty quiet. 
Yep. There's never a time where I even have to talk this loud to talk to you. No. Or where you're distracted because of the noise. No. When you get down on the field, which we do at the very end of the game, it is deafening. We have to yell to talk to each other. Yep. Yep. It's a really, really good point. And here's your thing. Here's your easy answer. Mike Munchak's got the headset on that connects directly to Vic Fangio. Uh, and uh, or you know Vic has a guy sitting right next to him, and he's relaying everything to Mike about timeouts, challenge flag, all that type of stuff. Mike, it, it's it's perfect. It is it is perfect. You know what? That's my next question to Vic. When uh, when he's back in Denver, is is there a chance that you'll go up to the box? Right. What if uh, it's week one, and in the first quarter. The Oakland Raiders are up 21-0. I'll touch wood. Oh, and Vic just can't figure out what the hole is in his defense. So you just say, forget that, you know what I'm saying, and go up to the box and say, I got to be able to see what they're doing up here. Yeah, I would, I would hope so. Me too. Gosh, <clears throat> do you ever play, speaking of Madden, the, f- the first-person mode when they had that back in like 2005? Yeah, way harder. It was miserable <laughs> it was impossible you had to That's, like look like there's like um kind of like a highlighter yep that like when you scan you were like scanning the field and you couldn't like throw to a place where you weren't scanning right so you had to like turn your head with the right stick I, yep yep and then like move your body with the left stick i remember being the ball carrier and just being so frustrated that i always get tackled by guys i didn't see because like you just didn't see anything. Well, that's what Vic's doing. He's going to have this view of the field. First-person mode. Yeah, he's going to be in first-person mode, just getting no view of what's truly going on, a terrible view. Instead of being up in the box, seeing everything like you typically play Madden in. Does he have the base knowledge, though, to if something goes wrong, he already knows the question he needs to ask someone in the box. Yes. Oh, did they do this? Right. And then they're like, yeah. And he's like, oh, okay, well, then we need to do that. Right. Of, of course, he, he, he knows that. But why not just decide it himself? Why not be that guy? And be able to have his plays spread out the way he's always done it. Yep. I don't know. I'm a big fan of it. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. And they're trying to fix something that's not only not broken, but it is fantastically running like a well-oiled machine. And what was one of the things that Vic said um, when, in, his, in his press conference when he was hired? He said, they were asked, are you going to control the defense? And he said, yeah. Why I was hired. I, that's why I was hired. Okay, you're hired to keep the defense great. Mike Munchak can control the sideline during a game. Let's, let's keep the defense great. You know another person who would be good to ask this, and we'll get to talk to him one time before the season starts, is John Elway. Yep. John, if Vic came to you and said, I'm, I'm not comfortable down on the field, would you give him the green light to go up to the box? Yep. I'll ask that. How can he say no? I think he, would, he wouldn't. He would just dodge the question and say something like, oh, I don't expect something like that to happen. Right, or he'd say, ah, oh, everything Vic's told me, he's comfortable down there. Yeah. Yeah, we're five, we've done it for five games now. And right, and we're 5-0. and oh. Careful with that. <laughs> Speaking of, when you subscribe to BSN Denver, go read my story from yesterday. I wrote about the differences between Vic Fangio's preseason approach and, and Vance Joseph's, and I can promise you this. You will say, ah, that makes sense. <laughs> That's the official slogan of Vic Fangio. Ah, that makes sense. Well, Nihalo right. got uh, money's worth there. 
Next one's from Drive86. He uh, missed the memo on not being able to ask eight questions per comment. But and there's a, a side note, too. Okay, guys. First off, nice job during training camp. Here's my review of some damn good beer. Uh, Ooh, maybe we'll allow this. Okay, okay. This is good. Said I had to get the sampler because that's all you can get in Pennsylvania. Uh, so I need you to use your clout with Breckenridge to get Strawberry Sky my way. Real quick. Yep. You've been searching for Strawberry Sky all wrong on the Breckenridge Beer Finder, and that's no one's fault. When you go into the Beer Finder, instead of searching Strawberry Sky, search BR Strawberry. Yep. When you find that on the menu, BR Strawberry, and maybe you'll find out that there is a, a, a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow near you. And let me tell you really quick that Breckenridge hears you. And they are trying to get Strawberry Sky everywhere in this country. I mean, it only launched less than a month ago. Yep. So they're just trying to meet the demand. Okay. Anyways, here's his review. One, agave wheat is delicious. His favorite out of the sampler. I, can't, I couldn't agree more. It's amazing. Two, Avalanche Amber Ale is one of the best ambers I've had. Agree with that yep. completely. Three for Pat. Four, Hot Peak IPA. I'm not a big IPA guy, but very delicious and not too strong of a hoppy flavor. Mm, important. Five, vanilla porter. What can I say? Awesome porter. Tastes just right. Yep. Six, Breck Lager. Being in the area around me is very big into lagers. This is by far so much better than the local favorite. Mm. Wow. Seven's for John. Eight, Strawberry Sky. Based on the hype, you guys and the from you guys and the fan, I can't wait to try it. Mm, as I you love stated, that review. Me too. He says he finishes by saying, as you stated, some damn good beer. And they're lucky to have you guys pitching their stuff. As always, keep up the good work. Go Broncos. And a side note, he says as a side note, and you don't, oh, you don't have to read it. Oh. Anyways. Do you not read it then? Uh, he mentioned that there's a problem with the GoFundMe. So to mm. Kale Sorbo, make sure you check it out and make sure uh, everything's running smoothly because we have no control over that. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for the great comment, Drive86. From Vic Danglio says, as a Notre Dame fan, I'm pretty bummed that Theo Riddick left without signing. I think it would have made a killer addition to the offense, and I don't think it would be a bad idea to get more reliable targets in the pass game. Also, having one of them in the backfield would be awesome, seeing as Flacco won't have the time to throw anywhere else because our O-line is like a breadstick. Uh, they don't got rhythm. That's an old Greg reference. <laughs> I haven't watched it in so long. I need to watch it as homework. Zach, actually, you're not leaving my house today <laughs> until you watch old Greg, and I'm okay. going to watch you squirm oh. at how awkward it is. Oh, gosh. He said, I want to get y'all's opinion on how much different you think the offense would be with Theo instead of Booker. Hopefully, by the time you read this, he'll have already signed, and we're not talking hypotheticals. What's Theo doing? Because the Saints just doled out $100 million for Michael Thomas. Opportunities are going away. Doors are closing. Money is leaving. What's he waiting on? I, I thought I was surprised he didn't sign that day like late at night he waited a whole nother day still unsigned yeah we need a like a vlog about this you know what it could be called what the chronicles of riddick <laughs> next one's from von father of tom he says friday won't work for me he's referring to the draft then he says this theoretically means i won't be able to meet you guys oh that sucks i would have to do thursday instead which would probably not work for you yeah i have a game to cover <laughs> anyway who do you think will have a big game in the hall of fame game go broncos he says i'd pick juan winfrey with the first pick of the free yeah. season wow you're taking outside advice yeah well vaughn father of time uh i i like your pick father of tom father of tom yes <laughs> well you know i got him confused because tom is father tom of time. Is father. <laughs> sorry to be you to your own punchline <laughs> um yeah we kind of already talked about who we think 
I'm telling you, downtown Fred Brown. Mm. Watch out. Hoping all the studs play a lot. <laughs> Next one coming up from Bronco Barn. Bronco Bread says, what up, y'all? I saw an article today on ESPN done by Jeff Legwald that said he thinks this year will be a running back by committee with Phillip, obviously, Royce, another obvious, and Booker, question mark. I'm confused as to how ESPN can... <laughs> wow. <laughs> I was waiting for you to see what he said. I'm confused... <laughs> As to how ESPN can hire people who are this lazy about their coverage. Real quick. <laughs> Say what you want about Jeff Legwald. Not lazy. Right. Uh, maybe he had a bad opinion here, but I can promise you he w- he's not a lazy uh, worker. In fact, he is at the facility if, as much, if not more, than anyone. He's. It's actually kind of funny that he's being called lazy here because he calls people out for half days. Yeah, it's like a running joke in the Broncos media room that if you leave – before what four o'clock yep you get called you get said you're taking a half day by him by him (laughs) yeah he goes i would never consider booker to be a part of this quote-unquote committee and nevertheless the day after the broncos hosted riddick who would literally take booker's roster spot curious as to what y'all's opinion is about this and also what do you think the carries receptions per game will look like for the running back spot okay um so yeah i'm not in agreement with jeff um, there's no way that Devonte Booker will be part of a committee that decide that is you know you're looking for the hot hand. Even if there is a running back by committee, we would never know because Philip Lindsay will always have the hot hand. <laughs> so no, there's no way that the carries will be close between the three of those guys. How do you? Uh, I guess it's just however you phrase committee because he's going to be part of this. Of course he's going to be part of it as long as Theo Riddick isn't here. But a committee means essentially whoever is playing the best at that moment gets the carries. Then no. Yeah, then I agree with you. He won't be a part of that. But he's going to get, boy, how how many snaps? We'll we'll say 60. Is that what Vic said, 65? Mm -hmm. That's what they plan for, 65 snaps per game for each side of the ball. What are we going? 30 for Phil? I think there's going to be more snaps than that per game. But anyways. Let's just do it based off the 65. 30 for Phil. It's just under 50%. Sure. 25 for Royce. Sure. And 10 for Book. Yeah. Yeah. That's not a committee. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, but but 10 snaps, I think, is going to be having people pull their hair out when they see Devontae Booker on the field for 10. I'm going to say 10 to 15 snaps per game. Uh, and and that that's... He's going to be a part, not just of the team, but of the game plan. It's crazy. Is if you get Theo Riddick, people are excited about those ten snaps, right? And yeah, it probably goes up to fifteen or so, right? Twenty and maybe twenty-five for Phil. Maybe yeah. All right, next one is from Willie Thomas. He says, "Depressing scenario that we ended up missing out out on." Is he saying that's depressing that we missed out on the scenario, or this is a depressing scenario? I'm not sure yet. Let's Where listen. we missed out. Tackle. Left tackle, Reisner. Left guard, McGovern. Center, Paradis. Right guard, Leary. Right tackle, James. That's a top 10 line with four solid young pieces. I'm always baffled as to why teams almost never invest in the O-line. Everyone goes for the flashy position players. O-line makes or breaks your offense. You can't run without a hole and you can't pass without protection. Really quick, I totally agree with that. This is the one time you can't say that the Broncos didn't invest in their offensive line, though. They made Juwan James the highest paid right tackle in NFL history for a short time until the Raiders changed that. And they used a second-round pick on a guard, which is a, a hefty investment. Yeah, the, I mean, the one place they just missed was on the center. 
And I still don't know if they actually thought Matt Paradis was that injured or if they just like thought that was a convenient excuse as to why they didn't want to pay him. I talked to someone this week with the news of Paradis not being on the, the PUP, and they said was the medical. They were really that concerned. You know what I heard recently from a source that was actually pretty interesting? Remember that weird report that came out about Matt Paradis not being a team guy? Yep. And everyone came to his defense. Yep. I heard there were a few players who didn't necessarily disagree. Mm. I heard that from a source recently. Interesting. So I think what happened, honestly, is that person who put that report out. And I'm glad to hear this because if you just put it out there to try and sabotage a guy, that's really messed up. But I think he just had a source with a very pointed opinion about Matt Paradis. And maybe even a well-connected source. For sure. Like I said, I think they're were some guys in that locker room who didn't like Matt Paradis. Interesting. So maybe that that played a role. Sure. All right. Oh, he finishes by saying, what are your options to patch the hole at center? If he can't snap the ball right now, I don't think – by now, he don't think he's going to figure it out. Time to stop putting a square peg in a round hole and admit admit McGovern is a guard. Jake Brendel is your backup center. Austin Schlottman, number 71, not a center number at all. You might get schlotted into the first (laughs) position. (laughs) So those are your options. Jake Brendel, Austin Schlotman. And Sam Jones. Yeah. You can throw Sam Jones in there too. You don't have options. Your option is to get an outside body. And we'll get to that later in the questions. Okay. I'm I'm excited about this. I didn't (laughs) read this one. From Wyoming Broncos. Hey, guys. After watching the past four training camp practices, I have a couple of questions. One being from the University of Wyoming, I've rooted for Austin Ford ever since he came out of college. How has he performed during training camp? Do you think he's a legitimate chance of making the 53-man roster? If he does make the roster, what do you think his role would be within the offense? Well, anyone who's listened to this enough knows that we totally believe he has a, a legitimate chance of making the roster. And he's been he's been absolutely fantastic. Now, I think it'll come down to... I think it'll come down to the Broncos feeling comfortable that he can make it on the on the practice squad. And uh, right now, that's what I think happens. But he's a lock to make the practice squad. For sure. Yeah, um, if he was to make the team, his role would be like Matt Lacoste before all the injuries forced Matt Lacoste to be the starting tight end. <laughs> MFL. Uh, kind of miss him. He was a good guy. All right, he says two... Ryan, I know you don't like the NFL Top 100, but I'm going to stop you right there. <laughs> he says, what do you think of the rumors that Chris Harris Jr. did not make the list? Oh, my God. Wow. I know he missed at the end of the season last year, but I think he played well enough to at least be on the list. Can of we course. not? <laughs> Can we not? This yeah. is why we don't talk about this garbage. I think I may have to completely ignore the NFL Top 100 if this turns out to be the case. We're not talking NFL 10. You know, where you're like, okay, maybe Chris isn't the 10th best player in the league. Oh, you mean the best slot corner in NFL? In the NFL? Right. I'm, say, I'm saying yeah, if, I know, if it was I know, just, yeah. just top 100, come on. I'm telling you guys, stop paying attention to this garbage. Yeah. You you give them what they want. Is this a – I hadn't heard of that rumor because I'm really I didn't even see it as a rumor. I saw it as a – Fact. It's a fact. Where are we now? Do you know? The 50s, I 50s? think. 50s, Yeah. He probably didn't make it. Probably didn't make it. Next one coming in from Bumpy Buffalo says, Hey, guys, everyone is commenting on McGovern, and I want your expert opinion on this. Swap Reisner and McGovern. McGovern is a guard, and Reisner has played center. We talked about this yesterday. Right. It would have been fine. Yep. From day one. Yep. 
but you just taught Reisner how to play guard in this offense. And there's been zero moving Reisner around. Like they said was going to happen, zero of it. So they said, we're going to keep him here. Yeah, it wouldn't be fair uh, to Dalton. No. And to the rest of your offensive line, to Mike Munchak, to everyone. And, and again, it's it's the NFL. You know, It's not always about being fair to your players. But if you want your players to develop, you can't be swapping them mid-training camp. Or if you want them to just be good. Right. All right, from FTYB. 512. I do you think that's supposed to be FYTB 512? Yes, probably. <laughs> and what would that say? Let's say it together. Forget you, Tom Brady. <laughs> exactly. Maybe it's forget Tom, you Brady. <laughs> Anyways, he says, Hey y'all, new subscriber here from Round Rock, Texas. Welcome in. Hey. He says I've seen some of the BSN articles on Reddit for a while, but didn't realize you guys had a podcast until it popped up as a suggestion after I listened to McChesney Unchained. Isn't it crazy hearing how yeah. people found us? Like yeah, most people are like, I've been less listening to the podcast. I didn't realize you guys had all this content. Yeah. Some people are like, I ha- I found one of your shirts. Yeah. And then I realized there was a podcast. And just and then for, I realized there was a, a website. And just for some of the confusion, when we say subscribe, of course we mean subscribe to the podcast, but we're talking about subscribe to our website, which is bsndenver.com, where you get so much more than the podcast. Maybe I'm blowing some people's minds right now. You get articles you haven't figured that (laughs) you get articles by ryan from ryan and i every day uh that that's where you get the instant fastness so if you say uh you know a podcast is great but it's a little delayed well hit up bsndenver.com use that promo code uh broncos camp and you get that instant access um speaking of subscribing to the podcast uh, would love for you guys to go and leave us a five-star review we have recently lost our five-star rating knock down a peg because someone gave us one star and said that um we were too much for the bar crowd i was like that's kind of the point (laughs) (laughs) too much for the bar crowd makes me think like we do this at 11 p.m from a bar no it's just like we're just like a couple bros hanging out talking broncos that's our style huh interesting yeah i like it and that's like a bar it's supposed to i've always wanted wanted to maintain like you feel like you just sat down with a Breckenridge brew with us right. and we're just chatting Broncos. Right. Yep. Exactly. Um, so we, someone didn't like that, felt the need to voice that opinion in the, in the rating. So go, uh, go counteract that person. If you like this podcast, they clearly didn't go to the bar crawl. I wouldn't imagine. No, <laughs> probably not a bar crawler. Uh, anyways, going on here says like most of the new guys, this is from FTYB five twelve. Like most of the new guys, I couldn't pass up the offer and can't wait for my mile high salute shirt to arrive. Anyways, my question of the day is this. What are both of your opinions about the um, middle linebacker? I, I originally read that as a major league baseball <laughs> umpire crew. Yeah. Will we be able to finally cover running back and tight end this year in the middle? Win or lose, I'll never turn off a Broncos game. I'm looking at you, Super Bowl 48. But, man, last year's game against the 49ers was tough to watch as Kittle was tearing us up. Yeah, I was there in person. Yeah. Uh, me and Yu Chang, who I'm going to see Yu Chang tonight. Mm. Says, P.S., my first and only – so far experience I've had with the Breckenridge Brew is a United and Orange beer I got at a Broncos stadium on my first trip to Denver. Nice. I get that beer now every time I go to a home game, which has been the past four years. Ravens, Panthers, Cowgirls, and Texicans. Huh. Uh, but I may be able to may not be able to go this year as I have a little boy on the way. Hey. Oh man, congrats. And I'll probably use some of the funds I would have used on getting the trip 
on getting him a Von Miller hip thrust t-shirt to wear. <laughs> Ryan, since you hype up a lot of the brews from Breckenridge, I will see what selection is available locally. But I can't find the United in Orange. My man, you need to tell your buddies at Breckenridge to make that available here in the Austin area before week one of the Broncos season. Mm, Austin's pretty hip area, too. It's got to make its way down there. It is. It is a very hip area. I just don't think they would put a Broncos-themed beer in Texas. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. (laughs) (laughs) You probably got to come to Colorado to get that one. Yeah, you're probably out of luck there. But in terms of middle linebackers, Ryan, tight ends have done very well in the Broncos offense throughout camp. Is that just because that's the offense, that's the easy place to go, or is it because the middle linebacker crew isn't doing well? I'll say this. They're not George Kittling the the defense. Uh, yes. Um, what we're seeing is a lot of short throws to tight ends. Mm-hmm. In fact, I can't even remember. I can only remember one. Uh, Noah Fant on like day four ran a wheel route and caught a long one down the sidelines. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm actually – I'm. that's one thing where I haven't looked at and said I'm worried about the middle linebackers. And that's in, something in we coverage. for sure said last year during camp. You know when we'll get a really good feel in camp. When George Kittle's in town. Oh, wow. We are going to literally see George Kittle. <laughs> yep. Man. That's crazy. Is he going to go? Is Kyle, is Kyle Shanahan going to give him those targets that he didn't give him in the second half? Just all, all those joint practices? I feel like Vic Fangio will tell Kyle Shanahan to do that. <laughs> yeah. Like, I want you to throw George yeah. Kittle every damn play. Yeah, I can definitely see that. And speaking of those joint practices, make sure you use the code BRONCOSCAMP because those joint practices, not open to the public. Ooh, really? Yep. That's new. Pretty sure. I hope you're right. Let me confirm. Go you ahead. Hope- Either way, most people aren't going to be able to go anyway. So make sure you subscribe. I love the joint practices. It's probably my favorite time of the year. It's like you get to see a real game right in front of your face. Yep, exactly. All right, from Iceman. Hey, boys, with all the Connor-initiated drama, is Gumballs looking better this camp, or is he just (laughs) not on your radar until snapping the bleeping ball is figured out? Um, I think he's been better. I think he's been uh, significantly better. I think he's been better at times. Which consistency is a, has always been a thing for him, right? Which is an improvement. And when I say better, I mean maybe below average, average. I don't know. And that that's what that's what we're really going to find out in, in the preseason is how much better is it? Is it one percent better, or is it you know fifty percent better? Got the info there. Is it is it open or closed? Closed. Oh, so man. make sure you hit that promo code Broncos Camp. Oh, that's even better. The other day, I love you guys. But when there's no fans on the on the uh, hill because of the lightning, it was incredible. I could hear everything that everyone was saying. Like I was listening in on like Joe Flacco's conversations. Yep. I cannot wait to be able to hear everything that is said between these guys as they're trash talking up and down the field. <laughs> and it's really cool because Zach and I. So what will happen is since there's two fields, they'll have the offense, the the Broncos offense versus the 49ers defense on one side on one field. Broncos defense versus the 49ers offense of the other. Zach and I will split up and write each write a piece about it. Yep. It's pretty cool. I love it. All right. Anyways, he goes on talking about the snaps. Ryan and Zach, this is football one-on-one. It is peewee ball level. It's the easiest thing to teach a kid to do. <laughs> We've seen how a bad snap can end a Super Bowl in one very bad offensive play. Peyton would not have let this fester for this long. And since Elway loved the shotgun as much as Peyton and Joe, he should step in if needed as the GM and make this go away. The playing field in Canton has never been any good. 
Uh, Connor won't stand a chance at looking good snapping on it. I don't think that affects it. <laughs> I wouldn't think. I think that's the one thing like that d- isn't bothered by the field. Right. Will Kevin, Drew, or Brett get hurt trying to stop a turnover from happening? Okay. Game plan for the extra game should be all snaps under center because of the condition of that field. I'm still not getting why that would affect the snaps. I. Yeah, I don't either. He says, Ryan, I'll be on the way, dropping the girls off at DIA, heading to Texas during the Hall of Fame game. I'll have to record it and listen as much as I can to Dave Logan in the van. The way I do the Broncos is if they win, I'll watch it later in the evening. If they lose, I won't watch it. I'll just listen to the after the fan game uh, comments on KOA. Have a safe trip, boys. Real quick, I forgot to mention this. Listen up. If you are if you are going to Canton, listen right now. <laughs> I know that sometimes when you listen to podcasts, it's easy to tune out because I do this exact same thing. <laughs> so listen up if you are going to Canton. Uh, at 9.30 on Friday night, I will be heading from some place like the Civic Center or something they call it, <laughs> where they're having the gold jacket dinner, right across the street to Passion Blues Restaurant and Club. Mm. It seems like to me a good place to go get some cold snacks with you guys. But I haven't heard back from anyone. So don't if, leave them hanging. If one of you guys or a few of you guys don't DM me or email me at Ryan at bsndenver.com or leave a comment or something that lets me know that you are going to be in Canton and you want to meet up on Friday night, then I'm not going to go. But if even just a few of you want to meet up out there, I'm happy to head over to Passion Blues at 9.30 on Friday night and meet up and, and talk Broncos with you guys. Slide into this man's DMs. Make sure you do that. And and speaking of listening up. I need everyone, everyone to listen right now. We will not be doing a podcast until after the Broncos' first preseason game. It, don't worry, we're not leaving you for too long. We'll be back on the airwaves very shortly after the game. But that means if you have any questions about the game or comments about the game that need to be read before the game, we're not getting to them. We're not getting to them. So make sure if you comment on this pod, well, if, if you want it to be timely, uh, that, you know, maybe it's it's post-game stuff that you guys are commenting or stuff that's just not time-sensitive because we're not going to be able to get to it before. We know that you're going to have a lot to, on your minds after the game. So just wait until after the game to leave your comments. All right. Let's take a quick break here, Zach, and when we come back on the other side, we'll finish up these questions. Piper Electric has been a part of the Denver community for over 35 years. Their reputation of being fairly priced, trustworthy, and dependable has allowed them to become one of the best Denver electrical contractor companies in the market. We believe Piper is the best because of their professionalism, because of their capability, because of their integrity, and because of the relationship we have built over the last year and a half with several of their key managers. That was Jim. He's been a customer of Piper Electric for over a year now and loves it so much that he recommends his own clients to them. Sometimes customers will ask us if we know of somebody who can be their regular electrician where they could call for anything from a small job to something much larger, maybe a remodel. And so we certainly have preferred people to Piper and Piper to them. From residential, commercial, and industrial, Piper Electric can handle all of your electrical needs. 
they've done actually everything from repairing a small wiring situation with a circuit breaker panel to adding additional circuits, adding parking lighting. So really, they have become a one-stop shop for all of our needs. If you call today and use the promo code BSN, you will get $25 off your next service call. That's 303-646-6765 or go to piperelectric.com. Final segment here on the BSN Broncos podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in and for giving us five-star rating on iTunes and for subscribing to BSN Denver and for hitting me up in the DMs if you're going to Canton and, you know, for all the other things that you do for us, like giving us a lot of questions. And be more like Oklahoma Bronco 58 who chimes in and says, hey, y'all, I just subscribed after discovering this pod one week ago. That is how you do it right that there. Is Don't be hesitating. It. That's it. The champ coming through Oklahoma Bronco 58. When I was hungry for more Broncos info and when I couldn't get enough of BS, the BSN is what he calls it, I knew it was time to pull the trigger on this deal. I found myself passing the time at my internship by basking in the glory that is BSN. Being a student at OU, hence the name makes sense, all my friends are either Cowboys or Chiefs fans. <laughs> he says, uh, F that. F that. So it's nice to hear some voices of reason every day. Anyways, I do have to give my shameless plug. I'm hearing all this LaVisca talk from Ryan, but we all know CeeDee Lamb is the future great receiver coming out in the next year's draft. No cap. Love the pod, and if anybody can tell me where I can get some Strawberry Sky in Oklahoma, I'd really appreciate it. <sighs> Got bad news for you, Oklahoma Bronco 58. CD Lamb is going to be just like any all the other CDs out there. <laughs> Useless. Because <laughs> now there's podcasts and Spotify and iTunes. <laughs> so CD Lamb can't do anything with it. So who's LaVisca? A Frisbee. <laughs> frisbee at best uh lavisca is the digital age mm. all encompassing and what's my guy judy lavisca is basically like an iphone okay uh, whereas cd is a cd lavisca is mm. an iphone you can literally you could launch a rocket with him yeah lavisca is like uh an iphone 8 and like an and, iphone 40 and jerry judy is jerry judy is a 40 no, Jerry Judy is just a really, really good wide receiver. You know what? But he can't do half of the things that LaVisca can do. I'll, I'll give you some credit. LaVisca, my phone. Nice 8 plus. <laughs> Very good. Has portrait mode. Uh, really, really good. Judy, your phone. No, because this one's black and gold. <laughs> uh, CD Lamb is also nice. I've, I always forget to bring him up when yeah. we talk about the first round receivers because you got T. Higgins, you've got CD Lamb, you've got LaVisca Chenault. You've got Jerry Judy, um, but I've never heard of any of them other than LaVisca. <laughs> From Dan Burke, I said, surprised you guys don't see the resemblance between Justin Simmons and J. Cole. It's uncanny. It's just not that uncanny. Zach, do you know what J. Cole looks like? Absolutely not. Why don't you pull him up right I'm, now? I'm looking him up right now. He then goes on, and we'll, we'll look at this one too. He says, I also just realized that Emmanuel looks exactly like Big Sean. Tell me they aren't twins. Okay, I I don't know enough. You're going too far into the hip-hop lexicon <laughs> here for me. What J. Cole are we talking about? Are we talking J. Cole with dreads? I don't know. Well, when you think of J. Cole, do you think dreads no, or no I dreads? think of him having like a short fade. That? That is not Justin <laughs> Simmons. 
Well, then that's the closest he looks to Justin Simmons because that does not look like Justin Simmons. Uh, yeah, that looks more like the weekend. Yeah, yeah, I'm going no. I'm going no on this. What about um, pull up Big Sean? Uh, B I G S E A N. Wait, don't even tell me. I I, I wasn't listening to who he's <laughs> he said compared to. Okay, I did hear who he said he compared <laughs> to. Emmanuel, right? Yeah. No. Big Sean is not big, I'll tell you that. But like, yeah. I mean, they have Zoom similar, in a little bit? They have similar hair so texture. Does your iPhone allow you to do that? No, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> similar hair texture. Similar hair texture. And facial hair. And they have facial hair. And they both probably do wear gold chains. Yeah. Mm, but like, on a scale of one, two, looks the exact same. I'm giving that a two. <laughs> I agree with you. I'll give J. Cole or yeah, J. Cole and Justin Simmons a four. I would actually give this one a higher rating. Wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Dan Burke. I'm I actually hate when I say someone looks like someone else and then someone tells me that I'm wrong. And it happens to me a lot. So I feel bad for you. Well, you'll never hear me say that person looks like someone else, except for the guy this morning that was you. But you'll also never hear me disagree because I am the worst. At thinking people look similar. Did I tell on this podcast what Tom Nalen said to me the other day? Oh, not on the pod. No. Tom Nalen told me that I look just like, ex- he said, quote, exactly like Christian McCaffrey. Wow. I know. Wow. I, mean, I, I can see the sim- similarities in our body. Um, you know, the huge <laughs> arms, the six pack, the 24 pack, um, you know, the quads for days. But I just don't see it in the face. He, he doesn't have the face for you? I, he doesn't have a beard, does he? I don't think so. I've never thought of Christian McCaffrey with a beard. I don't think he has a beard at all. And so. you've always had a beard. Yeah, since literally. You were, yeah, <laughs> since you came, came out. Came out of the womb with a freshly trimmed beard. Same haircut? Yep. Was it fresh, though? Like yeah, it, I mean, the, the haircut is similar. Not the same, though. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's not a bad comparison. It's not. I, that's what I said. I'm like, I'll take that for <laughs> yeah, sure. Absolutely. Um, anyways, what did you say he looked like? You're like, yeah, well you just look like a retired football player. No, I was like, you, who does he look like? I don't know. Brett Kane from altitude looks exactly like Kyle Freeland. Really? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, next one comes in from Miller Life Fifty Eight. He says, "Hey guys, I wanted to chime in on the confusion of Coach Fangio saying they did those two penalties at the end of practice on purpose. Mm. I was just as confused as you guys until I thought that maybe he wanted each side to commit an offside so that the opposite side—a lot of sides going on here—knows uh, what to do in a situation like that. For example, the offense knows to throw the ball deep since it's a free play. I've seen many teams uh, before that draw an offsides in a game but do not capitalize on it." Obviously, you guys would be able to tell if this was the case, having seen it with your own eyes, but that was the only explanation I could come up with. Your guys' thoughts? Great explanation. Yeah, it was a good guess. But no, because the play was just blown dead both times. There, there was zero chance was of anything pre-snap. happening. Yep. And it wasn't like a defensive offsides where then there is that free play. The play was blown dead because the offense jumped too. Weird. Next one's from Mile High Mike. Hey, guys, shout out to my boys RK and Giggles for killing it with the training camp coverage. I came to report that I've officially ditched 100% of my other Broncos podcasts. It's BSN all the way. Love it, Mile High Mike. It was just getting redundant, and the others weren't as fun. Well, that's what we try to be. We try to be fun, except we just aren't fun for that one guy who (laughs) doesn't like bars. Uh, Anyways, he says, as I mentioned before, I grew up in Fort Collins, not far from CSU's campus, and have been attending basketball and football games since my childhood. 
imagine my excitement to hear about the CSU Rams podcast. I can't imagine, but I bet it's a lot. Um, he says, I've caught everyone, and they're great. He just needs a co-host. I'm available if there's an opening. He goes on. My question is, if I can be respected as a CSU fan, if I've never hated the Buffs like RK hates the Rams. I always had more distaste for Wyoming. No, of course you can be respected. How can you hate on black and gold? <laughs> you just can't. It's too beautiful. Um, he said, I always had more t- distaste for Wyoming. I left Fort Collins almost six years ago, and my homesick sickness is excruciating for all my Colorado teams to help cure the bug. See you buffs included. Wow. Am I wrong? I checked out BSN buffs with Henry and he's killing it too. Keep on being amazing. Go Broncos. This guy's a true BSNer. I mean, just thick and thin only listens to it. Only does BSN, but then also just likes every BSN team. Yep. Um, and remember last year when I was like, I'm going to change this year. (laughs) And then you didn't. And then I didn't. This year is changing because now it's like good for business. Yeah. If CSU is good. Yep. Yep. So So say it with me. Go Never in a million years will those words come out of my mouth. But I will stop rooting against them in games that they don't play the buffs. Progress, right? Just like Connor McGovern, just like the offense. We're just looking for progress. Right. Next week, we need you to say it, though. Nope. (laughs) Um, No, you know what? The the day before the showdown is when we really need you to say it. I will never say that. (laughs) From Seth M. Thanks for the shout out on yesterday's pod, RK. I really, I really appreciate it. Yes, he was the one who uh, had just finished up first semester of nursing school. Mm, yes. He said, I have to say, after discovering BSN around a year ago, I've ditched all their sports media. Hey, we love this. Kill our competition at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> he says, I commute three hours a day on public transportation, which sucks. But it also means I never miss a Broncos or Avs pod. Well, you might have to choose one today because of how long this is. Also, I wanted to mention that I love the idea and execution of the Denver Sports Podcast. I don't think you guys plug it enough. So there you go. Anyway, keep up the great work, gents. Hashtag 7-Minute Soak. Yeah, we uh, just dropped a new episode yesterday. Really fun episode. Um, I highly recommend checking out. It's different than, than any other sound that you've heard, I think. <laughs> any other sound that you've heard. And like, remember, it's the... Denver Sports Pod, and you can find it in your Broncos feed, your Avs feed, your Nuggets feed, your Rocket, anywhere. But, but if you like the show, go subscribe to the actual podcast mm. itself, uh, and give it a rating. While you know you're you're on a rating spin, you're just five star here, five star there, whatever. As you're tossing nickels at us, yeah, <laughs> five, se- five one star percent that you pay for podcast. Oh man! All right. Next one from Jared Pietzmeier. Is that what we're going with? He says, one day you'll stop hesitating. Just go with one. <laughs> so bad. Hey, gents, just sitting back and drinking more vanilla porter from my old shoe. And I can confirm that he actually did that because and he sent us a video. When he says old shoe, you know how some people just, you know, say like, ah, it's it's my old car and it's actually, you know, brand new Ferrari or something. No, this is this is an old shoe. When, when I saw this video with you, I said, the shoe's definitely giving the vanilla porter some flavor. Yeah. Yeah, now it's a vanilla sweat porter. He says, yes, I am really doing that. Maybe this offseason has me a little frazzled. Maybe I'm just trying to get attention. So Breck Brew gives me some strawberry sky he up got to the big attention. sky country. He got the attention because they tweeted at him. They, they they responded. He says, I don't know. I don't know what to do. I have this... I've had this question about football my whole life, and no one has ever answered it in a manner that is satisfying to me. So here it goes. Uh-oh. We're going to be able to deliver? Why, instead of spiking the ball to stop the clock and waste it down, don't teams have a few 
hot calls for that situation that they could call and run and catch the other team off guard. I remember Marino fake clocked it once and threw a touchdown. You have to get to the line to spike it anyways. Why not have a player or two you could run and catch the defense sleeping? You guys rock. Okay, uh, here's my attempt at this. First of all, actually, I forgot what first of all was. (laughs) Second of all, (laughs) well, he's really getting the answer he wanted here. (laughs) When you're stopping the clock, um, it you are saving time because you're not running a play. And one of the big things here is you want to get the right plays in there. Now, yes, you can have uh, some hot reads and hot calls that you can go to, but those take time. You have to see what the defense is running to be able to make sure you get into the right one of those. And when you're rushing up to the line, it, it, you just don't have it. And also, it just calms everything down for a second. Everything's so frantic. Everyone's running. You just got a first down. Just spike the ball, and then you can regather yourselves. You can talk. You know, you can get in the headset uh, with the offensive coordinator, and you can get a play in that likely will be more successful. Now, the fake spike is a thing of beauty, but it is very rare. Um that's about the best you can do, I think, there because you're really t- you're what you're doing on that play is you're saying we're we're willing to waste this time because we think this is going to be a touchdown. Yeah, and I completely agree. I love the fake spike. If it doesn't work though, it's a pretty big gamble gone wrong because if you're spiking the ball, I'm just imagining a situation where you're up to the line, you can spike it with about ten seconds left, and if you do a fake spike. That's your next play. That That's your only play. And then you're kicking the field goal or punting or having to throw a Hail Mary from there. If you don't do the fake spike and you actually spike the ball, you got 10 seconds. You can run. Two plays. A, yeah, you, could, you can run at least one more real play before then having to throw a Hail Mary, kick a field goal, uh, what, whatever you need to do. And coaches will probably say that the fake spike has a much lower percent of completion or success. It's that then actually getting set up for a play, j- just like you said. And also, teams should be disciplined enough to not fall for the fake spike. Now, it doesn't mean they won't, but they sh- they really shouldn't be. I would use the heck out of that if I was a high school coach oh, or a gosh. college coach. Absolutely. Because talk about discipline being right. non-existent. Or even a peewee coach. Now, that, that starts blurring the lines between, like, is that unfair? Like, is that... <laughs> Messed up to do to kids. Or at, at peewee level, do they even know that you're about to spike the ball so they're just playing normal anyway? Well, I'm thinking like high-level peewee, like okay. Brandon's son. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Use the. F- I don't. Do you ever like need to s- spike the ball in a game like that? We need to ask Brandon. Yeah, Does he ever do. use a fake spike? We should, I'm all, I just tell him, like, use as much misdirection as you possibly can. Because oh, I just remember yeah. being a kid, like, reverses <laughs> oh, yeah. and, like, screens and all that stuff were so hard. Too. As long as your kids can do it. Like, I remember being on the defensive line and just feeling like, oh, I got a free rush at the quarterback. Yeah. And then it would just be too late before you realize, like, oh, I didn't just (laughs) beat my guy. Uh, 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 uh. All right, from Bronco Matt, he says, hey, guys, just want to say these audio stories are great and well done. Yeah, that's something you get when you subscribe to BSN Denver, (laughs) something that you cannot get anywhere else. That I can say with 100% confidence. No other Broncos (laughs) outlet will read their stories to you. No, 0%. Anyways, he says, one problem. Eggnog is amazing and not... Quote, not very good anyway. <laughs> Keep up the great work. Enjoy the Hall of Fame. Well, here's the thing, uh, Bronco Matt. I totally, totally agree with you. Eggnog is amazing. 
But here's where I do agree with Ryan. Eggnog. So when does eggnog come out? Maybe like a week before Thanksgiving? You know, I, I just love the fact that people who don't subscribe and didn't read my stories have no idea what we're talking about. <laughs> it's true. This is a story thing. You didn't miss it on the pod. But eggnog's great. The first two and a half weeks. And then you get that... F- first two and a half sips. Uh, no, no. It's good, for, it's good for weeks. Then you get that third or fourth carton come week two and a half. And then it's there until January. You get three cartons? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. I've never heard of anyone getting more than one. How big are your cartons? Like half gallons? No, like a six not or like a quart? I'm talking I get gallons. No, I wish. I wish. <laughs> but then it just sits there. Gallon challenge eggnog <laughs> style. <laughs> For- during no shave november oh for a whole month can you drink a gallon of eggnog a day do you re- no gallon the gallon challenge is trying to chug oh my god a gallon of eggnog a day how much weight would you gain maybe i'll try the it. amount of sugar oh and fat yep it's just sugar and, and calorie how many calories sugar and fat is a gallon of eggnog. I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, if you want to know why I'm t- why we're talking about eggnog in July, mm. subscribe to bsndenver.com. That's a good one. Boucher all day. Didn't hesitate there. You like that? I like that. He says, holy cow, there are a lot of comments these days. I just wanted to share some good news. My dad just went through a quintuple bypass surgery. Wow. And, uh, and had a valve repair and is currently recovering. Well, our thoughts are with you, man. Absolutely. He says, one of the first things he said when he came to me was, good, now I'm awake for the game on Thursday. <laughs> That's funny. It instantly made the bad vibes disappear. That is that is so cool. So happy for your dad that he's okay, and our thoughts are definitely with you guys. He says, since it's the last practice before game time, what would you guys rank our offense and defense compared competitive to last year just trying to help out i have the rankings of our efficiency last year okay defense chicago was one buffalo two baltimore three minnesota four denver five jacksonville six houston seven Uh, defensive efficiency i don't even know what that is sounds like a basketball thing (laughs) yeah i was gonna Uh say can we just go maybe where they rank i'll just say like they're gonna be top five this year okay but then we'll, we'll just do this really quick Tell me if they're better or worse than Chicago. I don't know. Give me an answer. <laughs> How would I know that? I haven't seen Chicago at Give all. Give me an answer. No, I, yes. They have their <laughs> defensive coordinator. Buffalo. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'll say they're top five. The defense looks really good. Offense. You have Tampa Bay at 12, Giants just, at 13, just Denver at 14. Here's the question. This, Is the one, offense better or worse than they were last year? Better. Okay. Okay. Let's now, move now on. to get to his question really quick, tell me if you think the Broncos. This one's a little easier. Should the Broncos' offense be better than Cleveland? No. Philadelphia. Not a chance. Baltimore. Maybe. <laughs> Giants. Yes. Tampa. Uh, who's their quarterback? Jameis. Jameis. Yes. Yeah. I agree with you. They, they're they not as good as Cleveland or Philadelphia. They're better than the rest. Philadelphia is uh, probably going to win the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. Yep. Why so? Uh, because they're the best team. <laughs> According to last year, they had the 16th best offense. <sighs> I don't care. Yeah, I say, uh, well, you know who I think is going to win the Super Bowl. So, The Cardinals? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Those thousand to one odds. 
Oh, man. Have you heard the reports coming out of Cardinals camp? No, nope, haven't heard them. Let's move on. Like oh, man. The Kyler Murray <laughs> hype is real in Arizona. Ooh, it's hotter than the than the desert sun. It's because of it, they're going up against a Vance Joseph defense. Oh, wow. That's rude. Yeah, it was. Vance I'm Joseph sorry. defense was fifth in defensive efficiency last year. It's true. <laughs> oh, Kyler. I can't wait to see you on the field. Oh, man. I feel so good about Cleveland being better than Baltimore or being better than Buffalo. No, no. <laughs> the Bills? Are you kidding me? That is a, that is a historically great franchise. <laughs> Historically great in making the Super Bowl. All right, from Nate the Great. What up, guys? Been on the podcast for about two to three months. Finally decided to subscribe. There you go. Nice. Love all the content that you guys put out. First, some things about me. I live in Wyoming. What up, Wyoming Bronco? But I grew up in Colorado. I drive for work in Wyoming, which means... does everyone? Isn't that what the other guy from Wyoming yeah, does? Yeah. Everyone in Wyoming is just driving <laughs> yeah. around. Um, he says, I drive for work in Wyoming, which means everything is about two hours away from me. So this is my go-to. Well, you're set today. Only thing I wish is I wish we could download the audio articles that you guys read because sometimes when I drive, I don't get the cell service. Mm. Maybe it, uh, on the next app. He says, also, both of my grandparents went to the University of Oklahoma, so boomer sooner when it comes to college ball. What up, Oklahoma Bronco 85? Ah, CD Lamb fan. Never heard of him. Anyways, <laughs> question. Is would you get a team's logo tattoo of any sport? I have three Broncos tattoos. My wife and dad also have Broncos tattoos. I don't really have any football questions because you guys answer them all day, every day. Wait, so you got to tell me. Is, is it three of the same thing? Or is it like all different logos? I'm thinking he has the old school D. That's cool. Maybe the old, old school horse. Mm, the one on its legs? No, no. Oh, Yeah. That's an old school horse. Yeah. <laughs> and then the current logo. Yeah. Man. So uh, I'm curious, Nate the Great, do you want them to uh, have another logo come out so you can get another one? Or are you set with those three? That's a good question. Zach, would you ever get a team's logo tatted on you? I don't think a tat would look good on me. Are you sure? Pretty darn sure. Yeah. I'm pretty I, sure. I think you're edgy enough for that. I don't think I'm very edgy. What 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 would I get? Uh, uh the big Pio mascot for the pioneers on my back. Take out my whole the back. The one that was like deemed racist. Yeah, probably not that one, but they still kept it. Did they? I think so. I think they got rid of it. So what's the ma- what's the logo then? Well, it's still the pioneers. Right. But like the mascot? Yeah. What was his name? Pioneer Pat or something? I, I think he's still running around the games. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Sorry if it offends anyone. I don't know what I don't even know what to be offended about. Um get DU on my forehead. Yeah. Maybe it's not for you. <laughs> you know what? I was actually having this conversation the other night and I would I was saying like I would get a tattoo that makes reference to one of my teams, but not just the logo. Okay. Okay. So is Ralphie too much of a logo i think like a sick buffalo head would not be too much mm, that would be cool what about what about the tattoo you've told me about many years ago the small one on the wrist wasn't that a thing the coordinates yep yeah i've thought of that too the coordinates of Folsom field because that's kind of exactly what you just said a reference, a reference. Not, not the logo yep um i think about this a lot think about it a lot i still haven't gotten my first tattoo but i will where where I don't know. I really like the wrist slash forearm area. I think yep. it's a good spot. Um, 
but seems I don't know. painful. Yeah, yeah, I can handle it. Ugh. Um, there's a couple of people with BSN Denver <laughs> tattoos. <laughs> that is so cool. So Nate the Great, maybe you're the next one. You, you could be the first BSN Broncos one. Make sure you re. Oh, we don't have a BSN Broncos one. Nope, there's two BSN Avalanche tattoos out there. Do you guys even love us? We're not going to peer pressure people into inking their bodies, Zach. <laughs> That's the only competition we've ever lost. And the stupid who won the week thing that we keep losing from the, the Denver Force podcast. Uh, don't be putting this on me, buddy. <laughs> don't be putting this on me. <laughs> oh, God. All right. From Kentucky Fried Bronco. Hey, guys, I've been hooked up on the podcast since last offseason. Thought I would finally chime in so I could say hey to my fellow Broncos fan in Kentucky. I was also hoping that the Broncos would pick up a player from UK in this draft. I loved having Danny T rep the school. I was so glad he was a part of the Super Bowl win. Also, Wesley Woodyard, wasn't he from Kentucky? Yep. Anyways, I wanted to say thanks for the great offseason coverage. I played my first season of fantasy last year and picked up Phil after hearing you all rave about him so much during training camp. Taking full credit for that. I ended up coming in second, and I think you played a part in that, although having Mahomes probably helped too. I'm going to pick up another... Uh, under the radar rookie to be productive for my team this year, then rub it in the faces of my Bengals loving coworkers. Thanks again for all that you do and keep up the great work. You're going to have to lead us on this. Cause I was so confused because he leaves two comments. One is left under the name Paul and the other is left under the name Kentucky fried Bronco, which he says changed it. But I was just so confused trying to uh, find, I'm just always one was. step ahead of you. Yeah. 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 From wrath of John. Wait, was there a question in there or no? Um, nope. Oh, he says, I also forgot to ask. I'm just one step ahead of you. I just also forgot to ask what rookie you all think has the likeliest chance to be a decent contributor as a flex option. It's got to be Fant, right? So just the best fantasy player from the rookie class. It has it in his name. Fantasy. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I mean, who else are you going with? You'd be going with Juwan Winfrey. That'd be the only other option. Yeah. So yeah, it has to be Fant. Okay, from Wrath of Jean? Sean. <laughs> I know you guys weren't surprised by a lot of the depth art that showed, but I thought the biggest surprise was the jump that Jed made over taking <laughs> Luke P as the season's top villain. Yeah, you know what? We were talking about this last night, and Luke P was annoying as all get out. He was a liar and was very manipulative. He was the worst one, right? Made it into like the final four? He was the worst. But, 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 he didn't do anything as bad as having a girlfriend while, like, on the show that he was telling he loved before he left. Like, at least, I think Luke P. had Hannah's best interests in mind. He was just really misguided as a human. Did he just really get, not get along with the other guys? Yeah, and he was always causing problems and, like, trying to take, cut into other people's time alone with Hannah and just making problems. Like, Jed, what Jed did is, like, actually effed up. So he's right. He jumped him for villain of the season. What do you think about uh, Jed going home and telling everyone he won? Not that he was engaged. God, <laughs> man. Like, not like I found the woman of my dreams right. and, and we're in love and engaged. And also, I'm confused how she found that out. Did he tell her? He So he told her. He said... She texted him like, how's everything going back home? Like, how was it seeing your friends and family? He's like, yeah, I told him I won and let him know. And Buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Buddy, if you're going to tell people that, well, that's wrong anyways. But then if you're going to tell her that you told people that, how just 
how, how off track are you? <laughs> so dumb. And then he's like, I don't want to cry on camera. It's like, but if you're trying to save your engagement right here, you uh, should you shouldn't worry about the cameras. I'm so glad there wasn't some BS run around about how they're like trying to make it work. <laughs> right. Yeah. Hannah Hannah's too strong for that. She put the ring on the table. That, that was, was it. That was it. That was great. <laughs> I just you won. I won. <laughs> Can you believe that? Goodness. No, I can't. Like what he went home, he's like, Yeah, yeah, I won. <laughs> Like, what did everyone say to that? And they're like, whoa, so... So you're engaged? Oh, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Also, the girlfriend he had before, just being hooked up with, like, trips to the Bahamas with that girl from her parents? So he goes on multiple vacations with this girl, (laughs) tells her I love... Tells tells her he loves her, and says, oh, I didn't think I had a girlfriend... (laughs) An international vacation, too. An international vacation. <laughs> it legitimately said, like, I didn't think there was, like, a commitment there. <laughs> what? If you guys if you guys ever have relationship problems like, like this, like, where you're like, um, the parents are sending us to the Bahamas, I don't know if she's a girl, you can reach out to us. We, we can help you with these type of questions. We certainly can. <laughs> Not that we need more questions, but these might be more fun anyway. <laughs> Okay, the next one's from Bronco Duck. He says, wow, crazy amount of uh, comments on this pod today. That's a testament to you both. Thank you, Ryan and Zach, for making such an informative, interesting, and approachable podcast. The Broncos coverage is awesome. The articles have been great. And I really appreciate what BSN does for the fans. Again, thank you, guys. Finally, Theo Riddick would not be taking carries from Phil. Come on, Zach. That won't happen. Mm, Who's he taking carries from? Devontae Booker. All of his. All of his plus a little from Phil's. A little from Royce. A little from both. Maybe. Mm. Ed, thank you so much, Bronco Duck, for rolling with us. Uh, we love all the support you guys have. And, Ryan, you think this is the last one, but it's not. Coming in from Nacho Brad, he says, I, and this is this is the question we've been waiting for. Gave Nacho Brad a shout-out on the, uh, the Denver Sports Podcast. Ah, love it. Love it. He says, I don't know who the agent is for John Sullivan, free agent center previously with the Rams, but I'm pretty confident someone at the Broncos headquarters does. Call I can't him. believe he refers to it as thirteen six fifty five. That's that's impressive. I knew if I said that, no one else would. Yep, no one else would get but it. As soon as he said it, I could picture it on the yep. side of the building. Exactly. Call him, sign him, and watch the jerseys fly off the shelves. Still, a couple of openings in the free league after a couple of dropped. A couple of you guys dropped out. See you all at the draft. Last in relevance, but first in your hearts. Nacho Brad and yes, Brad. Thank you for reminding me to uh, tell the people about what's happened the last few days with the BSN Fantasy League. And there have been a few dropouts, uh, and the wait list is now dried up. So, six people. If you want to play, get in now. It is a 48-team mega league with four divisions and a separate roster for each division. Make sure you email Brad at Fighting BSN fighting burritos at gmail.com. There it is. BSN fighting burritos at gmail.com to secure your spot. That draft is coming up. And if you want to meet up with me in Canton, slide into my DMs or email me at Ryan at BSN That should be really easy to remember. And don't comment about pregame stuff before the game tomorrow because it'll be irrelevant. Unlike Brad, who's very relevant. We will. You cannot blame us. We've now reminded you about all these things. <laughs> multiple times. And Ryan, we've made it. To the last one, 
a true buzzer beater. Let me just ask you real quick. Do you know how long this podcast has been? Two hours. And? Seven minutes. Pretty close. Two hours and six minutes and 15 <laughs> seconds. But it's probably further if you're looking down at your podcast app right, right now because of ads and whatnot. So you're welcome, everyone. I think. All right. Last question <laughs> from Bleed Orange and Blue. He says, hey, Ryan and Giggles. It's been a while since I last commented, yet I am back. Well, I'm glad you chose a day where there is no other comment. <laughs> I'm looking forward to the fantasy draft last month and hope to kick some tail. What have you seen the coaches work on with Drew Locke? Why does everyone put an E on the end of his name? <laughs> I wonder it's if an that's epidemic. A, it, it is. I, I imagined it had to be a spell check thing where it automatically corrects it. But for me, it's never done it. And also, that doesn't make sense because Locke is a, a word. word. And like John Locke? Wasn't that a famous person in American history or world history? Oh, I was going to say a character in uh, Game of Thrones. Is that a thing? Game of Thrones? I think you're thinking of Jon Snow. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> but John Locke, historical figure of some sort, <laughs> spelled it with an E, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. There's one thing I learned in high school, it's that. <laughs> Wouldn't it be lo- did- When I see that, it's just Lockie to me. John Lockie. John Lock- Drew Lockie. Oh, maybe maybe that's a nickname. Lockie. Lockie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. uh, anyways, what have you seen the coaches work on with him? Um, with with Drew, well, it's it's been it's been a lot of Rich Gangarello's kind of taken a different approach than Vic Fangio. Vic Fangio thinks it's never okay to throw interceptions. Rich Gangarello doesn't encourage interceptions. But he says well, making mistakes. <laughs> it is a good sign. He doesn't enc- he doesn't encourage interceptions, of course. <laughs> but he is okay with his players making mistakes, especially his quarterbacks. He wants his quarterbacks to go out there, try things, make mistakes, and then never make them again. And and that's one thing that that I've seen on the field is Rich Gangrello not yelling at Drew when he makes a mistake. Uh, and really, you don't hear a lot of yelling going on. It's it's a ton of teaching that's going on. All right. I just want you to take a stab. What do you think uh, John Locke did in history? Uh, this is embarrassing. <laughs> I'm going to say it was 1886. Uh, off by about a century. Okay. 1776. Close. Okay. Er. Closer. Closer. Well, not really. He died in 1704. It's 17- I thought you said American history. Uh, Nope. I just said a a historical figure of some sort. I just, I put myself in American history. Okay. Um, He, he led Britain to the, to the United (laughs) States. The world cup titles. (laughs) On a Uh, boat. John Locke was an English philosopher and physician widely regarded as one of the most influential of enlightenment thinkers and commonly known as the father of liberalism. Yeah. I've read his books. Oh, you have. Yeah. What did you learn? Uh, apparently absolutely nothing uh considered one of the first of the british empiricists following the tradition of sir francis bacon that's a made-up name <laughs> he is equally important to social contact theory of course right right like you and i are having right now social contact his work greatly affected the development of epistemology mm. and political philosophy mm. and last thing i want to know from you zach is <laughs> do you think john locke was a good-looking guy yeah, I'll actually go with the S. He would be wrong. <laughs> oh, wow. Why did, I, when you said philosopher, I should have known. Uh, yeah, a lot going on. A lot Locke going on. Going on. Uh, John Locke. How does he spell it? L-O-C-K-E. 
Mm, so he's ne- the one who's been influencing all of these commenters who put an E on the end of Drew Locke's name. So we got a lot of philosophers listening to the pod. Yes. Mm. All right. Anyways, is there anything else that we need to talk about? I think that's it. Okay. Did we hit 210? We did hit 210. Hey. Thanks to John Locke. <laughs> and once you start getting into uh, the 1600s, it's probably <laughs> time to start ending the podcast. <laughs> so with that, we will talk to you after the game on Thursday. I hope everyone enjoys it as much as one can enjoy a glass of eggnog. <laughs> and with that, we're signing off. We'll talk to you later. It's getting me down. Waiting up for you. It's Allie and Lindsay here, and we want to talk to you about our new favorite wine subscription. It is Winester. The best thing about Winester is that they work with small wineries. You know BSN loves supporting small local businesses, and Winester is just that, supporting real people making real wine. These guys will curate a hand-picked shipment for you from the best small wine producers in the U.S. So my favorite part about Winester is the fact that I don't really know much about wine, and when I go to a liquor store, I tend to gravitate towards the same wine I've always had instead of trying something new. But with Winester, they make the process so easy. That's exactly right, Allie. And from my perspective, you guys, I love wine and have tried so many different types of wine at different price points. And Winester is not only easy, but it is quite literally some of the best wine I've ever tasted, and it makes for an amazing gift. What's also ideal about Winester is that you can pick your shipments based on your schedule. That's right, Allie. So whether you're a casual drinker or you love hosting parties, you can get your shipment based on your lifestyle. So head to their website today, you guys. That's W-I-N-E-S-T-Y-R, Winester.com. We've got BSN25 promo code for you, and you can save $25 off your first order. 